welcome everyone to the RF Generation Collector Cast episode 52. I am Bill McGee. With me today is Duke Mark 44, Christopher Cantrell, and the Kel of Swell, Kelsey Polnick. If you understand those references, good on you. If not, play more Destiny 2. <laughs> and how about that new intro song, huh? I, I can't believe it. It's awesome. We're like it's legit. Un- people. Unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, couldn't have asked for better. Uh, Very, very good friend of the show, uh, Stephen Davis, the disposed hero, uh, generously uh, offered to uh, give us a little song. Uh, He he showed us some demos and he said, like, that's absolutely amazing. So it's huge, huge to have uh, an amazing intro song uh, that... uh, Really, like all of us have been just been jamming out like all week too. Yeah, so it's so really good. Yeah. Super thrilled with how it came out. That's amazing. So um, we got a great show. This is episode fifty-two. This is my first time moderating. Fifty-two is also my number uh, when I played hockey. So that can't be a coincidence, right? It just uh, kind of falls be. that way. It only took one year's worth of uh, <laughs> weekly uh, episodes. <laughs> If we uh, were doing them every week, number 52 (laughs) for me to get in there. So I just had to hang in there just a little bit longer. So, uh, but yeah, I got a great show. We're going to be talking about soundtracks. So we have a lot of great questions. uh, So let's jump right into it. So um, before we get started, um, let's just get a quick little update in the last couple of weeks, kind of what we've been playing, what we've been uh, getting up to. Uh, Duke, what have you been working on? What have you been playing? Well, I've, I've been busy. Um, as far as games go, I've, I've like a last show I talked to you guys about Neo 2 had some free content that came out because they hit like a million copies of sales. So I've been playing through those. Um, good on them. That's, that's pretty good for that style of game. Like they're not 10 million sellers. It's solid. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they've put out a lot of new free content. Um, so I've gone through the missions that are there. It's even nice. I really like the way they did it. They They went through and so like on the map, the way if you guys ever play the game what you'll see is like the main missions are in red the submissions are in gray and just to make sure you knew what the new missions were they're in blue so it's like really easy to go through it's like oh, okay i want to play those new missions and what they've done also i think is made it really like quality of life because um i won't get deep into it but to craft you have to get these things called smithing texts and they have to drop from enemies and it's a random drop so what they've done with a lot of these new missions is they've made it very easy to farm them. So they're just like, here's a boss rush of all these guys. So if you want to farm, just do these strings or whatnot. And it's fun at the same time because it's just good boss fights. And so I've been working my way through that. Um, DLC, their first DLC hits in July. So I'm, I'm ready to play that and I'm looking forward to it. Outside of that, uh, you know, just odds and ends, working on replacing some batteries and some carts. I was doing that today. Had one that looked... Uh, uh, folks, if you're not already, go through your collection, replace your batteries, because when those batteries puke their guts out, it's very destructive. Yeah. And uh, I had one yeah. cart, I mean, it had some rust and corrosion on it. I had to replace a diode on a cart. Of course, been replacing some batteries. So just, you know, spend a few minutes with your collection. It's worth it. Other than that, I've been reading a lot, um, things that are not necessarily germane to the show. So I won't go into titles and details, but um, really been enjoying spending some quarantine time doing some reading so that's a little bit about nice. me cool very cool and you're talking about uh like the save game uh batteries in many carts uh right yeah and uh, uh if you've never done it um don't be afraid look it up it's it's easier than you might think um and uh but yeah definitely worth it especially you know to avoid in cartridge puke yeah <laughs> it's nasty business to clean up you don't want to do it these cartridges yeah. these batteries are 30 plus years old now 
Yeah. Yeah. It's it's similar to like uh, arcade hardware with like all the capacitors, like those the the electrolytic capacitors they they dry out after you know several decades. <laughs> so or they puke their guts the... all over the board and destroy things. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely worth it. All right, Krabby, what have you been up to? What are you playing? Uh, my daughter had her birthday a couple weeks ago, and I got her her first game to play with her, which was Yoshi's Crafted World. And we've been going through that together, and there's like an assist Solid. mode on it, which is perfect for her skill level at four years old, not being used to video games yet. Um, so we beat it, but it was so great. Like she, we play for like an hour, and the story is there's these five gems that get like knocked around the world, and you got to go collect them all to like save the Yoshi's home. Um, and so every day after, like before we played or done anything else, we'd, we'd eat breakfast and get ready for the day. And then she'd be like, do you want to go get some gems? And she'd get super <laughs> excited about it and lots of laughs. And she, she really likes the spooky levels. There's one level where there's literally like clowns wielding hatchets, like running after the characters, which I thought was a little out of character for like a Mario kind of game, but she was really into it. Um, and I had a blast playing through that. Um, and then I've also been plugging away on Dragon Warrior 3, which I think I'm pretty dang close to the end now. I might have to do a little grinding to uh, prep for the last fight, but I think I'm close to the end because I got all these six orbs and I'm in the dark world now. And, and so I think I'm coming coming right up to the, the final boss. Um, and like Chris, I've been doing a lot of reading too. Uh, I've finished reading all my Batman books a little while ago, so I started reading through all my Hulk books now. So I've got a Hulk omnibus with like the first like like fifty five issues or something. So we go through all the classic stuff. Uh, read through Planet Hulk again, World War Hulk, Hulk the End, and just really loving that Hulk right now. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, you get, and then you gotta it, send me some of those Batman recommendations because that White Knight was like so worth going through and re- yeah, it was amazing. Oh, good, good, yeah. This that one really blew me away. I love that. Yeah, I'll send you some more some more messages over over Slack. And when I'm saying uh, while we're talking about suggestions, if if you and your daughter love that, Eden and I loved Yoshi's Woolly World. So go back to the Wii U and play that one. All the assist modes, all that stuff is in there. It's it's great. Oh, good. I have that actually. Mm. I didn't even think of that. I was thinking maybe doing Luigi's Mansion three next. Uh, for mm. there's some good co-op in there, but that uh, she's really into Yoshi right now, so that's probably a mm. better idea. So yeah, we we have we did the same thing. We did Yoshi's Crafted World. It was um, I want to say it was. Oh yeah, it was uh, uh like it was Callahan's like chore like we're like hey if you like pull all these weeds or something like over like a weekend we'll get you this thinking it would never happen. It's Animal Crossing. And we come basically. we come back like 40 <laughs> minutes later and like it looks like landscapers have been there. <laughs> so we're like all right we can't lie so we just got to be more careful next time so we went and bought it and yeah that was like the only game they played for a while and the music is so cute and so great. Um, and you hear a lot of the same themes just kind of over and over again, but it doesn't matter. And like, it gets in your head in a good way. Um, but yeah, the boys love that. And then if you collect like every collectible in one area, then like all the flowers just kind of like start spinning and you can kind of tell visually that the whole area is done. So like they finish the game and then one of them would be like, Oh, like, yeah, we finished it. And they're like, no, no, the flowers aren't spinning yet. We got to go back and find the stickers and find this. So yeah, they loved it. And we, we don't have a Wii U, uh, uh, but we do have um, the DS. So they've asked several times, like, oh, what about Yoshi's, uh, uh, was it Yarn? Yarn uh, World? Yeah. Or, uh, that was Kirby. or Yarn Yoshi? That was Kirby's Epic Yarn. Is that what you're thinking? There, yeah, there, there's, there, there's a Yoshi one on there too. There, there's like a oh, okay. there's like a Yoshi yarn some some kind of game on there, and so like I looked it up and like forty something dollars still, you know, like it's not it's not a common thing. So 
uh, we, we ended up, like you said, our next one is uh, uh, we got him Luigi's Mansion for Christmas. So that is the next uh, family game we got to get through. But yeah, Yoshi was, was a blast. Uh, the time to get on Wii U's are now. I see them listed for like a hundred bucks, and yeah. the games are really cheap. So mm-hmm. yeah. and good, yeah, yeah, and like Nintendo titles, pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is rare. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, so you were saying so you're uh, uh, so you got through a bunch of your books and you're on Hulk now. Are you close to finishing Hulk? Do you have any plans for after Hulk? Um. I've, I've went through all my books and I pulled out all the ones I don't think I'm going to read again. So I'm going to mm. talk to my local shop and see if I can take a few stacks of books in and, and trade them for some new stuff. So I don't know what nice. I'm going to read when I'm done my Hulk. Well, very cool. Super. So, and yeah, <laughs> I, I don't like reading just Superman, but justice league stuff. I, I really get into some of the Superman stuff in there. I like when he's part of the team. I'm, I'm not a fan when he's just solo. I, I, I can know, see myself picking up some Justice League books. I, the, going back and, and watching on the HBO Max now, they got that DC section, and I watched Justice League again, and man, I kind of like it. I kind of like crazy. it. I kind of yeah. like it. Sorry. <laughs> so so I'll, so I'll tell you, the last one I saw was Batman v Superman, which I did not plan on seeing. And then like a couple of friends, it was actually Chris and Lance who uh, used to do RWX with. Um, they called me and they were like, hey, like we're all going, you know, like the wives and everyone we're going to go. Like, why don't you come with us? And, you know, I wasn't going to be like, no, I'm not going to go with you guys. So like we just went to hang out and like, yeah, none of, none of us liked it. And <laughs> I think I've seen like bits of it after that. So. And then, like, Aquaman was coming out, and people were like, oh, like, Aquaman, like, this is going to be it. This is finally going to be the one. And I was kind of like, you know, fool me once. Oh. <laughs> you know, so I've not seen Aquaman, but I have heard from people that, like, it's it's a, it's a good you one. You watch Shazam. That is the best. Shazam movie. is good. So yeah. good. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Shazam and is the really kids, good. And the kids might like it, too. It's really, really fun. Okay. So it's not uh, not over their heads and not too violent? Uh, there, there's some scary, like, demons in it. That, so if mm. your kids don't like monsters, there might be some parts that are a little scary. But they're not a big part of the movie, and mm-hmm. I don't think it would go over their head, no. Okay. Think of, like, Goonies scary. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, uh, um, uh, so Krabby, uh, how many more uh, uh, deadlifts until you can join the Justice League? Uh, yeah, I've been trying to hook up myself and uh, <laughs> build a, a cable machine onto my squat rack at home since, you know, no one can go to the gym right now. So, you mean cable, like, from the Marvel uh, yeah, universe? Yeah, little time traveling and the, the yeah. cool eye piece. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I just went to the hardware store and... and rigged up some pulleys and some cable and stuff and, and i'm waiting for some attachments to show up in the mail and i can start uh, doing some more exercises at home i didn't have access to before which i'm pretty excited about very cool um i'm good for you for keeping that up and and being able to do that from home uh i don't want to make excuses but uh i do feel like i made a good amount of progress at the gym before the whole quarantine it, happened yeah. And I, and I, you know, I look down and like, I see the progress like slowly going away and I'm like, okay, I gotta, gotta get back on it. But like everybody else, it's impossible to find, you know, gear locally. So just, yeah, doing like my best the, for the attachments to my cable machine. I just want a loading pin, which is literally just like a, a metal cylinder with a hook like on a the bushing. end yeah. and they're, they're like 20 bucks. Normally I can't find one for less than 70 bucks plus shipping right now. It's yeah. nuts. I go on the Facebook marketplace like pretty much daily and just look for, you know, like uh, plates, bars, like anything. Uh, and it's all like, oh, here's like a full Olympic set. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Two grand. And you lift it. And there's a guy with like 37 of them in his basement. And yeah, it's like, you know, like $900, last one. 
I'm like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll hold off for now. So, but yeah, that's the way the world is. So we'll, we can get past that. So, all right. So we're up to date on stuff we're playing. Uh, so we're going to move on to a handful of news items. Um, so I will go uh, last because I have something that kind of ties in uh, to, to something here. So uh, Krabby, do you have uh, anything in the news that's been interesting for you you want to talk about? Yeah, and I, like it could be its own topic, so I'll keep it real, real brief. But <laughs> the PS5 reveal was just a couple days ago. Um, we finally got to see some games, got to see the console. Still no release date or price, which you know I was kind of hoping for those, like most of us. Um, but it was fantastic. Have, they showed yeah. a have, huge variety. Have they of ever? Stuff. Have they ever said uh, release date and price first? I, I can't remember. I you know I don't have to go back and check, but it just yeah. they were just so close to when it's supposedly coming out. It's just really bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I saw some cool games, uh, both exclusive and multi-platform. Uh, that new Resident Evil looks amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. New Spider-Man looks awesome. My kid was really into Ratchet and Clank on there, so we're we're kind of maybe thinking about getting a PS5 this year. Oh wow! Yeah, I see. Right I see the what bat. the price yeah. is, especially in Canada, because because sometimes it's yeah. a good you know fifty to a hundred dollars more than you guys. Uh, so mm-hmm. once they release that info, I'll I'll figure out if I want to pre-order or not. Right. So yeah, uh, I didn't see the whole thing yet. Uh, we've been chatting a little bit offline, and uh, the Odd World game uh, definitely caught my attention. Fun. Apparently, um, that was announced last year. I didn't realize that. Uh, it was the first time I saw it in this trailer, but yeah, it looked really the, good. The the title I've known about, and they might have shown like a just like the hint of like what Abe might look like, but that's the first time I've seen like that much footage of the game. So I don't I don't know if they've shown that before, but yeah, that's uh, the the name's been out there. You're right. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Oddworld looked interesting. Um, I still got to go back and watch the entire thing, and I haven't looked at a lot of the news. Kind of keep an eye out for Project that. Athia. That game looked really yeah, the cool. square one, right? Yeah, yeah definitely look cool. And then what's the what was the Capcom the the new Capcom IP like the first new one in like a hundred years or something? Oh, uh, it was Pragmata, I think. Yeah. Pra- pra- yeah, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that looked really cool. It could. It was be, just yeah. a teaser though, right? It was like yeah, the Space Man in the, more. In the it city. It looked like a, maybe like a Kojima style game, which is not yeah. typically my <laughs> thing, but um, right. like, I'm really into what Capcom's been doing lately, so maybe. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, no, there was definitely uh, people, were, and that was rescheduled, so people were looking forward to that. So that was definitely cool. And uh, I, I don't know if you saw the rumor, like people said, like all the presenters just look kind of like weird and funky. Like, are these guys CGI? I said that to my son while we're watching it. I'm like, is that a real person? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you idiot. So and like the first few I saw, I was like, they're totally, you know, at the end of it, be like, oh, all the presenters were rendered on <laughs> PS5, but it never happened. So. I don't know why it looked like that though, right? So I'm gonna guess it had something to do with probably the shooting in their homes and maybe whatnot. like they had to like adjust the frame rate from the footage they got from the person could to be, yeah, yeah, could be like almost like the soap opera effect on the on TVs. Could be. So, uh, but yeah. So, um, all right. So cool. So that's uh, so that's Krabby uh, Duke. What do you got that's uh, in the news that's interesting for you? Well, to carry off of uh, of what Kelsey mentioned there, uh, you know. I was I was in the middle of getting my eyes checked when all this was going on. So I was, these guys are you know doing the updates and of course Twitter and I've got my eyes dilated. And I'm, you know, <laughs> uh, and so I was waiting for something to go on while they like they dilate. It's gonna take you a while, and so I I'm like trying to look at my phone like you know out here somewhere and I. Could I? Yeah. Is that Demon Souls? Does this sound something yeah. about Demon Souls? And so I blindly 
message these guys. I'm like, did somebody say something about Demon Souls? <laughs> and they, he's like blobs on the screen. I'm like, can big letters? Can you just yes yeah, or yeah. no? And so, yeah. So then when I got home and my eyes cleared, I went back and watched it. So, yeah. Uh, uh, they're not even saying... Um, they're saying remake. So that's not even just like a, a re... Just touching up the graphics. So it sounds like they're mm-hmm. actually going yeah, in and they, doing some work to it. They're rebuilding the whole game from the ground up. So, you know... Part of that is makes you a little uh, well. They get it right, yeah. but they've done that. Team's done good job in the past, yeah, so I I don't think I don't. I'm afraid that they may. Um, I'm afraid they'll tamp down the difficulty because Demon Souls is very, uh, it's very esoteric. I mean, it's very odd, sure. and mm-hmm. it has a lot of very strange systems, and it's not intuitive and very esoteric. So you know, we'll see I what they do. They, with it. I think they know the souls community will be up in arms if they mess around with certain aspects of it. So I hope they keep mm-hmm. that in mind. And I, I think they will. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, is there, is there a souls community with like a volatile subreddit that complains <laughs> about things when they happen? Or is it not like that kind of community? I, I don't, I'm, never I'm not a Reddit, Reddit person, but you know, <laughs> sure. I guess so. I wouldn't be surprised if it did. exist uh, though. Probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that'll, um, it's probably going to be like the PlayStation 4. I bought a PlayStation 4 because Bloodborne. So this mm-hmm. is probably why I'll buy a PS5 whenever. I, uh, I won't buy one unless Dark Demon Souls is a, a launch title, then I would right at the front. If not, then I'll just wait until mm-hmm. it comes out. Um, but that's a, I think that's a that sale. one. I don't think they said 2020 on that one, so it's probably next year. Yeah, I didn't see it. Like some things had a year on them, like 2021, mm-hmm. 2022, and like some things had yeah. nothing. Yeah. So yeah. either we're going to get really lucky and they're going to be like, surprise, launch game. Or they're yeah. going to be like, yeah, I don't know, 2023, yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah. I think I think they're going to push Spider-Man for launch and then they'll probably keep that for the spring or something maybe. Just yeah. to keep that momentum yeah. going. Yeah. Maybe. So I, I remember seeing like a, like a lot of 2021s, but there were more than like a good like half dozen 2020s too. So I, I think it's going to have a solid uh, uh, launch period, but definitely Spider-Man will be, you know, probably that like there's all different tastes all over the place, but I think like Spider-Man, especially if it is like that kind of like, uh, they said, if, you know, it's not, it's not a game. It's like a smaller scope thing, similar to like that last of a special release, but like uh, it's uncharted. You mean, I think yeah, uncharted. That's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, I, I feel like it's going to be like a 20, $30, you know, kind of standalone mini, uh, experience, which, uh, I feel like is going to be like, Almost like the Wii Sports, like it's the one thing that like everyone's gonna get with it. Sure. So I'll be interested to see what so happens. Yeah. I mean, they. I was really kind of surprised they didn't mention even like one word about back compat. So that's concerning mm-hmm. to me. Uh, pretty yeah, that concerning. was surprising because that's been a, a topic in the news a lot lately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, outside of that, and PlayStation Five um, is the CPT, the Capcom Pro Tour started today. Since it's Corona Land, they had to do it all. Everything's online this year. Yeah. And yeah. so um, the uh, European uh, online tournament started today. They're going to have top eight tomorrow. So that's they're doing like one every weekend for a while to kind of get those things set up and. So I'm glad to see competitions again. Finally, we've got some stuff because, you know, I've been missing a lot due to that. So it's a different structure. It's not quite as good to watch just online matches, <laughs> but it's something. Sure. So um, it's fun to watch. And I'm glad they're they're trying to make it work the best they can. Yeah. Just a different world right now. 
I, I kind of like having it spread over different weekends too. I like that format. I know you can't do that when you have everybody in one, you know, building trying to compete. So this that's the one thing I like out of the new structure. Yeah, be interesting to see. I haven't really, I don't watch any other game tournaments, so I don't know how they're doing it. But I mean, it seems like a pretty good way to go. Yep. That's all for me. So very good. Yeah. So to kind of bundle my, like kind of what I've been playing and and my news piece and the same thing. um, So I've been reading uh, Stephen King's Bag of Bones. Um, I may mention before that I am reading all of Stephen King's work uh, chronologically. Um, So I'm up to Bag of Bones, which was written like in the, I think the mid nineties. I just finished Green Mile a few weeks ago. So started that and that's pretty good so far. We've been doing a lot of Legos uh, since quarantine started um, to try to get my kids some balance between, you know, stuff off a screen and when you can't be outside. So I might have mentioned that last time. So got a great big, you know, Acro Mills, like organizing, you know, small parts thing with like labels and stuff on it. So we're doing a lot of Lego building, a lot of Minecraft uh, style, uh, you know, we'll do like a a snow section and then like a desert and like a jungle and like, we'll get them all together and like, just like, you know, make a different, you know, environment like that. So that's, that's been kind of cool. Um, uh, and then just besides that, uh, uh, just playing I've when, uh, GTA five was free on the Epic game store. It's one of these games that I've started three times. Now I had it on 360, And then when I heard it was coming to Xbox one, I was like, well, I'll just wait and see if the progress transfers to one because I thought it would. And then it didn't. So I was like, well, it's the better version. So like, I'm not that far in. I'll just start it again. So then I started again and then something happened and then I stopped playing it. So now it's free on PC and I'm like, well, you know, this is the best performing version I can get. So this is now the third time I've started it and I'm farther in this playthrough than I've been in any other one. And, you know, I, I can appreciate a lot of things about the game. Like it's very good looking. It performs very well. There's a lot of tiny details I really like, like like little stuff. Like if if like you when, know when you saw the that it's coming to PlayStation Five for you like quit I saw playing that. immediately. You're like I Zero. started the fourth time now. Oh. Zero. That'd be like that'd be a step backwards for me though. <laughs> but that's gonna be the best looking version now, Bill. Oh no, performance. I I, I can beat that performance wise. Don't worry about it. So, uh, but. Um, but yeah, so like like little details, like if you go into the water, like just up to your knee, right? Like that's the only part of your leg that'll be wet and like it'll dry. Like it won't just go from wet to dry. Like it'll like gradually dry. Like just there's a million little details like that that are really cool that someone figured out. And the fact that it's like an enormous space modeled after a real place. So like I, I've, I was always like paying my sister-in-law and I'm like, hey, like like if do you think you would know like how to get places if you i dropped you in here because she, she lives out in la and uh so i like i had her watch my game and she was like okay take a left and then take a right now go down there that's my building you know like it was just cool to see you know them them do something like that um but really like i'm to the point with it where like it's technically impressive it's it's really uh you know it's got a lot of cool things going for it but at the you know at the end of the session when i, I look at it i'm like am i actually having any fun you know, like just like, or am I just going through the motions? Am I, you know, doing that kind of thing? So like a lot of the missions are very samey, you know, follow this guy, maybe shoot a few guys, lose the police and then go back to the hideout. Like it's, there's some really good voice acting, some good uh, script work, but I'm reminded of something that Sean said on the playcast where like, you'll get into this mindset where you're like, well, I've gone this far with this game. Like I got to finish it. You know, I got to feel like I got my money's worth or whatever. And it's like, well, you know, if you're, if you're not having a good time with it, why would you continue to spend time with it? Like just to, you know, kind of check the list off. So that's kind of where I was at with that. I think in economic Um, terms, they call that sunk cost. 
Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's where I'm at with that. So that got, so the good news is destiny made the decision for me by launching season 11 and, uh, season now I just 11. get to play wow. yeah, destiny Two season 11. Yeah. Every, um, uh, like every, like three ish months, three, four months, uh, is a season of destiny. So destiny Two season 11, um, cause we're, uh, uh, so we're going into that. So that's where I'm at, uh, gameplay wise. And now to roll into my news item, uh, to quote Aragorn from Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, there will come a time when Bill's news has nothing to do with Destiny 2, but it is not this day. Uh, so, one, direct, yeah. One does not so, simply, so, not the movie. One does not simply yeah, stop talking about Destiny. Yeah, it's actually in, it's in the extended edition, so don't, don't, don't go looking for it on the regular DVDs. So, um, uh, so, so Bungie had uh, the reveal stream for the... Uh, not just the first, the major expansion uh, uh, in the fall, but the next two major expansions for the next two years, which answered the question, is there going to be a Destiny 3? Are we going to have like another reset and like have to like re-earn everything? So they kind of dropped the, the bomb finally saying like, listen, we don't want to make a Destiny 3. We don't want to have Destiny 2 go dark and then have to have this big, you know, like uh, re, um, you know, development time to go into 3. We just want to keep like supporting 2. So that's what they're going to do. And uh, so they kind of they've recommitted to like a bunch of things uh, like story wise and to kind of remove uh, some of the microtransaction stuff, which they've already started doing. Um, try to remove some of the FOMO because a lot of the seasonal content for this past uh, six, eight months has been if you don't do this and get this gun now, you'll never be able to get it. And then on top of that, they've introduced weapon sunsetting because of the problem of power creep, which I don't know if that's the thing in the stuff that you guys play, but basically if you're always trying to get a thing that's the only the only thing that's going to make you get a thing or sorry use a thing besides what you're using is if it's more powerful than the thing you're using so it's got to be a little bit more powerful magic cards uh, that's been a there you problem go since the 90s yeah, yeah exactly and and the only reason to get rid of it is like okay well you can't use those cards, you know, in this, you know, in the, in this rule or whatever they're in this um you know tournament so what they're doing is uh, what you've been able to do in the past is infuse a weapon into another to make it more powerful. But then what happens is people just keep using the same stuff for years because it's like the best thing to use. So now they're given items like a maximum infusion cap. So you can only use them for like kind of like, you know, a limited period of time, like maybe like a year, year and a half. And then you're going to have to, you know, start using other stuff. So uh, there, there's it, it's it's a loud, noisy, volatile community that's always complaining about stuff on Reddit. But then, like when you actually talk to the players, like everyone seems pretty happy to me. So there's always going to be the people who are kind of doing that stuff. But uh, one of the things I'm really excited about, uh, they're actually bringing back. So it's it's a hard game to manage because they said the game's up to like, you know, like 110 gigabyte download on PlayStation 4 or something like that. So it's becoming so big that it's difficult to manage and patch efficiently. So they're spending more time patching because there's so much old content to like verify works and it doesn't break any old stuff that it's taking away from innovation and new things. So they're introducing what's called the Destiny Content Vault, which originally I misinterpreted that as to being like a separate standalone like instance that you could go and play all the old stuff. It's like the Disney but vault. No, Your they're... guns go into yeah. the vault and they come out every five exactly. years. Exactly. Right? They're talking about like a a you know a philosophical, like a logical vault. So what they're doing is they're taking some older, less used, less played destinations, and they're removing them from the live game and putting them in the vault. So they're like, they're not going away. You just won't be able to play them <laughs> so, or any of those so it's activities. Not like 
World of Warcraft Classic where you can go and play older versions? Like that's just gone for a while? Yep, just okay. gone out of the live game for a while. And that's to be able to manage the, the live game more efficiently and, and not have, because they really have had a lot more bugs this past year than, than any time before that. So to kind of make this sting a little bit less, they said, we absolutely plan on, you know, cycling these destinations back in when it makes sense for the living world, for the story. And they say this is probably going to happen around like yearly around the times of like the major expansions. But there could be surprises where like, you know, you have to go on a mission to a location you haven't been in a while. But they also said, you know, when we were thinking about doing this, you know, the door swings both ways. So we're going to be bringing back a destination from Destiny 1 that we haven't been to yet in uh, uh, very much in the Cosmodrome. And they're bringing back uh, arguably the most popular of the first uh, 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 three raids, Vault of Glass, uh, will be playable in Destiny 2 uh, early next year, which is a pretty big deal. It's like one out of, if you ask 100 Destiny players, half of them will say Vault of Glass, half of them will say King's Fall is the best raid. Um, so that's really cool to have that content coming back. Um, and just speaking of the uh, the newer consoles, they did uh, confirm that Destiny 2 is going to be like a free upgrade for you know PlayStation 5 and for Xbox. It'll be like the smart delivery system and whatever they're calling that on PlayStation. <laughs> I don't know if it has a name. I don't think they've branded that yet. But yeah, it's a free uh, it's a free upgrade and it's uh, intergenerational. Uh, play so ps4 and ps5 players can play together xbox one and xbox one x can play together they said that's their focus this year with the new hardware and next year their goal is to have like full cross play 100 everywhere um so that'll be really cool too and they also confirmed uh 4k 60 frames per second which for years they've been resistant of 60 frame on console and their argument's always been well we don't want some people at 60 frame and some people at 30 because you know depending on the power of your console that could happen but Seems like they don't care anymore. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of my news uh, my news bits and what I've been playing. So thank you for humoring my small amount of Anytime. Destiny talk. <laughs> Thanks for throwing so, some GTA uh, in there for me too. Yeah, Appreci- yeah, absolutely. Makes me so, uh, makes me think of games like Final Fantasy XI, which are still going, and you know, that's like almost right. twenty years that game has been going. And, and, and 14, right? Which, so like, and that's a good point because one of the things that uh, uh, I'm not a, I'm a big, you know, expert or player of some of these other, you know, kind of living, not, if not MMOs, like living world kind of games. Um, but um, I think that, that uh, World of Warcraft, at least like the version it's in now, like there's nothing that's been actually removed from the game. And I think it was Final Fantasy 14, the online one, like they completely like ripped the game down and like, you know, that like remade 14. it. And it's yeah. Realm Reborn, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Realm Reborn. So I think I think there's, you know, some some logic behind people pushing back, saying like, you know, like, why are you doing this? But at the same time, I do think just the way the game is structured and the way the activities are structured and the way the game is built, it's it's vastly different in like kind of this looter shooter type game and the size and scope of it than like kind of like those those more traditional uh, type games are. But I remember playing with Krabby and he was asking me, you know, at what point does like all this stuff from this gear become like obsolete or go away? And I was like, yeah, like, I, I mean, it doesn't really, you can still use it for a long time. And even if you can't infuse it far enough, most activities are well below the power cap anyway. So it doesn't really matter. It's really just for like, kind of like pinnacle activities, like raids and stuff. And I think you mentioned that uh, Diablo is one of the games. Diablo four is one of the games that just kind of like at a certain point, it's like, all right, new season, everything Diablo resets. Four, four Diablo three. Yeah. Four is not out yet? No. 
Still working on that. Yeah, you're right. We were. It was three eternal. <laughs> Got my sequels mixed up. But yeah, so it's uh, so yeah, it's um, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. But I mean, I feel like whenever you know any kind of news comes out where there's like a, a possibility of there being some kind of negative connotation to it, you know, it, it just kind of gets blown out of proportion. I think the the squeaky it's the squeaky wheel sometimes um so the few podcasts that i listen to they all have like somebody who's into destiny on them and i've only heard positive about this so far i haven't heard anything negative like everybody that i listen to seems pretty hyped on it and and i go to the destiny subreddit um you know a couple times a week just to kind of see like you know what are some of the cool builds what are some of the things people are doing like what should i be doing what's the most efficient you know path for leveling up the season all that kind of stuff and it's just it's just a salt mine sometimes where you're just sifting through just like really just like like how can you how do you say you like this game like it doesn't seem <laughs> like you like it that much and there was a post recently that got like thousands of upvotes on it and it said like I just got the game for the first time and played through it and I loved it it's like one of the best games I've ever played I'm so glad I played it before coming to this subreddit because <laughs> it doesn't seem like you guys like it and the difference is like these are the guys who like are like the you know, the 50 hour a week since launch guys, right? They've played the content. It's stale to them, you know, type deal. So like anything else, you know, moderation is, is a big part of it. So sure. it's, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Like most of the guys that I play with, the kind of occasional clan guys and just the occasional buddy that pops in, I've never had an experience where, where somebody wasn't like, oh, that was cool. You know, whether or not it was for them, it's always like, oh, that was fun. I've noticed like a lot of lapsed players that haven't touched in a while are all like back into it now too. They're all like, this is what we wanted. Now we've got all this it, fresh stuff. We know what's going on for the next couple of years. Like I want to start playing again. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a big time too. And, and the, the darkness, the pyramid ships that have been kind of like, this is one of the jokes of the series. Like the darkness has been like, oh, don't worry. It's coming. It's almost like uh, the White Walkers. Like, oh, they're coming. When, when are they coming? Oh, don't worry about it. Like, they'll be here eventually, you know? So the darkness is like, like, it's here. Like, if you load the game up, like, the pyramid ships are here. It's you can go like, interact with them. Yeah, exactly. The dragons are here. Exactly. So, but yeah, it's it's a fun time. And this season is kind of the, the lead up to the expansion in September. It is going to be a tough decision, though, because right now it's easy to, for me to play Destiny 2. But coming up in uh, September, the decision is going to be uh, either Beyond Light uh, the Destiny 2 major expansion or Cyberpunk or split my time uh, between them. I'll try and lure you to Cyberpunk with me. I don't think it'll be too difficult. I know. <laughs> so I'm so looking forward to it. So, um, but yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah, so we're, we're, we're going good here. We're flowing pretty good. We're only over a tiny bit. So uh, let's uh, move on to the main topic. How about it? Sounds let's good. Talk about some music. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I feel like when you talk to gamers, there's always like a handful of constants, right? Like, uh, and so there's a few things that I always try to avoid saying because whenever you kind of meet someone and you're like, oh, you're into games, you know, tell me about yourself. And everyone kind of says the same thing. Oh, I've been playing games all my life. I've been playing since I was a kid. You know, like I feel like everyone's been playing forever and, and soundtracks, right? Like everyone's got their soundtracks that they love, but I thought it'd be interesting to talk about, um, soundtracks, uh, in just like a slightly different way talk about some categories that maybe um, you know don't get uh, uh, as much attention but also kind of start by talking about like what a sound what a game soundtrack means to you and kind of when you first kind of became aware that a game soundtrack was a thing because uh, I remember for me soundtracks had impact on me before I knew that like oh that thing is called a soundtrack or the person that made that as a composer right like you would just fire up a game 
and you just said the music in this game is really good makes me feel good or like it, it was like made you feel tense like playing like you know like uh uh you know like the alien storm or like what just like anything that kind of like made you like feel like oh i'm gonna die you know like or like the the music in contra you know like just kind of like got you going so just want to kind of talk about like do you remember the first time that you kind of you know became aware of the soundtrack uh in a game when you first started playing early on yeah so i, I got two like examples that jump out to me from when i was younger um i mentioned magic cards earlier i used to play a ton of magic when i was young and we would put the put Mega Man 3 in the NES, turn the TV on, set it to whatever level we wanted to hear for three hours, and we just play magic cards with that as our background noise for the whole time. And there was so like sometimes we just do a title screen, sometimes you know go Snake Man stage, you know, whatever we were in the yep. mood for. And and we'd used it like a stereo, basically. Yeah. Um, and similar to that, uh, the Kirby's Dreamland for the Game Boy. My cousin and I, we would get all the way up to the final boss, King DDD, and we just listened to that music on the Game Boy until the batteries ran out sometimes. Like, we just, like, <laughs> just loved it so much. And it would take, you know, half an hour to get there, and then yep. four hours we're, we're out of batteries, but it was great. And we do that on road trips, and we do that when we're camping, and like wow. wherever we had the Game Boy with us, it was like a little, little stereo again. That, that's when I first noticed that I just loved music in the video games beyond just when i was playing them too right so yeah i mean that, that was actually fairly early because I, I remember like loving music but never like the music in the game but the, like the only thing that kind of comes close to that is when i was mario for halloween when i was younger i took like this like cassette like handheld cassette voice recorder mm -hmm. and just like maxed the volume on our like 27 inch like zenith console uh tube tv and like recorded the mario theme on this like hand recorder so that when we like went to people's houses and did the trick or treat, like they would open the door and I could like play the Mario theme <laughs> on my like handheld tape recorder when they opened it. But yeah, that, that's super cool that you, cause I remember, you know, being younger and like you would, I think this happened a lot in like the 16 bit era, especially with Genesis. One of my favorites, uh, Shinobi three, you would go to the options and there's like a, like a sound, sound uh, you know, sound test or, um, or just, you know, like, jukebox whatever yeah, they wanted to I've call it put in a code in like the original sonic to do that yeah yep yeah and, and actually in shinobi um you there was like a, a sequence that you could put in for the unlimited shurikens and it was in the sound test uh, menu and a lot of a lot of games had like a, a test hidden in there because it was one of the only places you could like enter multiple things like before you got into the game um but uh, uh but yeah i remember like that kind of being the first time I became aware of like, oh, I can just come here and like play the music in the game. So it took us a little bit longer. We got to like the 16-bit era or maybe or maybe even when the Sega CD was out because you could just play music, right. you know, play CDs like right on them. So it got me thinking that way too. When you mentioned you, Chris? that, oh, go ahead. sorry, just one more thing to add quick. When yeah. you mentioned how young I was, I didn't really dawn on me until you said that, that I, I, that was like the first music that ever made an impression on me because I was a weird mm. kid in school because one of the first things people would ask you, especially in like junior high onward, it's like, what bands are you into? And I was like, yeah. the only thing I listened to that wasn't video game music was like Weird Al. And I was too embarrassed to tell people <laughs> that. So I, I didn't find music I enjoyed until I was like 14, 15 kind of. And so oh, I was really weird until that point. Then I could find my click that I could talk to. But yeah, I never realized that until you mentioned it. Yeah. Isn't it so interesting that like, you know, I remember, I remember like, I, this, I think this was around the time that Home Alone 2 was out because I remember the talk boy 
And because my next door neighbor, we would like play with the talk boy and we try to do like phone pranks and like slow the voice down and call people like he did in the movie. And the only reason I remember that time frame, um, but we would listen to like Weird Al cassette tapes like in my next door neighbor's room. And it was the same deal. I was like, because like my sister, who's like, you know, two years older than me, so it makes her like super, super cool and like way better than like, you know, like me and my friends. She was the one who would like make fun of us for like, oh, Weird Al, like, why don't you just listen to actual Nirvana? And I'm like, because Weird Al is hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's a genius and I want to listen to him. So <laughs> I, I remember having, I didn't think of it till you said that, but yeah, there was this time when it was like, like liking Weird Al was like something you had to like kind of keep to yourself a little bit. And like now he's like a genius and everyone loves him. So Chris, what are your feelings on Weird Al? <laughs> I love Weird Al. I'm older than you guys. So I caught it. I caught it early on. So, uh, yeah, I mean, similarly, you know, I, I had a, I, one of my, an early Christmas present I had cause music was my dad was in a band so music was a big thing at the house and so one of my early christmas presents was a stereo you know cassette deck and record player it's one of those all-in-ones that wasn't super high-end or anything but it was a stereo for my own room which was pretty cool and so um i'm a crafty kid and so you know after i got my nes it wasn't hard for me to figure out how to hook the nes into the stereo so i could listen to uh so I could listen to music through that. And then it had a cassette deck. So I would, I said, I literally recorded like tons of the music, um, off of games onto cassette. I still have the cassette, which is crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would do it through screen. I would do it through like sound tests. I would, I made this big mixtape of NES music so I could listen to it wherever I went. And yeah, it did. I, of course I'd played games before that, but, that was probably the first system where it was music instead of mm. bleeps and bloops. Sure. Um, and so, so you said you still have the cassette. I do still have the cassette. Wow. Yeah, I do. I even like That's made amazing. little cover art and everything for it. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude. Is it like that, that, that has to get unearthed. We yeah, need to, pictures this, of that I've got it. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. But, uh, That's amazing. Yeah. So I, I, you know, that I really got into that. I listened to it. Um, on, on weird occasions, I could bug like my grandma to put the tape in the car cassette deck so I could listen to it <laughs> when she, uh, yeah. No. My, speaking of grandparents and music, my grandfather threw a Weird Al tape out the window one time <laughs> uh, listening to Trigger Happy. He got so offended by that song, he threw my tape out the window. Oh, man. you were That's a good one. You were alone. I don't know if you guys remember... But like that period of time when cassettes were so big, you would just find like cassettes on the side of the road with like the tape spooled mm. out everywhere yeah. in the wind. Yeah. And you don't see yeah. that anymore. But that was like a thing. I'm like, no. man, that was just such a thing at a time when <laughs> I don't know if people just got sick of or whatever. It's like, forget it. But yeah, right. You would see that. Or, 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 like, or like, like I could imagine because like I don't remember this happening to me, but like I've heard people say this and I've seen it in movies where like the player will like eat the cassette. Oh, yeah. And then like you go to take yeah. it out. And it's, and it's like, so like, you know, there's two types of people. There's the crafty people that are like, well, I can, I can just respool oh, that yeah, and yeah. carefully get it back on and be fine. And there are other people that are like, mother, <laughs> <And then> just <laughs> like throw it out the window. Yeah. I was just saying, they're like, you know, I'm sure you guys had like a VCR eat your tape, right? I mean, sure. it's the same thing. It happened. Yep. Um, thankfully yep. it didn't happen to that tape, but uh, yep. yeah, no, that was a, a big thing. So, you know, NES games made a huge uh impact and really i spent a lot of time listening to that stuff and kind of like what kelsey mentioned there would be times where you would just 
go to a sound test and just put it on. And then um, yeah. later, you know, Genesis had stereo sound and you could jack yep. it right into your stereo. And so that was always yep. pretty great, too. Although I was get, I was at that age then where I was more listening to, to music, music. But uh, mm-hmm. it, nothing nothing was better than you could uh, listen to like Rust in Peace while you're grinding in Fantasy Star 2. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was a good time. Ah, oh, very cool. So yeah, so um, so yeah, just wanted to uh, you know, kind of get a quick intro, like you know, kind of that what we just talked about. Um, and I thought we would uh come up with a handful of different categories to bring um, you know, a handful of different soundtracks in each. I know some of us might have some more uh, soundtracks to uh, mention than some others do, so we'll just you know see where this takes us. Um, and I'll tell you, I actually I came up with a lot of these categories, and I had a hard time on a few of them, like even this first one. Um, I, I wanted to have a category where we talk about underrated uh, soundtracks, especially underrated modern soundtracks, because a lot of times, like like you say, like a Nintendo game, if you mention to like you know like any you know almost anyone, even like a non-gamer, like hey, do you know the Mario theme? And they know it, or like hey, can you just hum me a bit of Tetris? And they'll be like, oh, it's, eh. you know, like they can give you like a little bit. So a lot of those older um, you know games kind of had this very recognizable, very um, you know kind of that pop culture like impact, like everyone kind of knew about them. And soundtracks in some more modern games, like sometimes they're really you know like beautiful and, and appropriate, and whether it's orchestral or you know like electronic music, um, it, they can be amazing. But a lot of times, you know, or sometimes I shouldn't say a lot, but a, a game studio could just say, hey, you know. Just, just give me any music, you know. Like it's not really like memorable. It's just like kind of like background noise, right? They're also not so, always um, like pumping that twenty-second loop through your head for like an hour, so yeah, it switches to another track, or that it's a longer yep. like five to ten-minute track, or yeah, right, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to talk about some underrated modern soundtracks because there's a lot of people who know about the ones that kind of get the recognition, and you know, but at the same time, as I was kind of going through this, I was like, you know there's some really, really good soundtracks that people probably like know about. But like when I, when I talk about them to people, they're like, Oh yeah. Like I haven't listened to that or no, I don't know that one. So, so I've got a, so I've got a few. Um, and, uh, so I'll start off with, um, uh, a very, very, very good soundtrack from a game that came out last year. Um, we actually mentioned it uh, last week, uh, outer wilds. Um, so this 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 game is and and it's weird because it's you'll you hear about these games that are um, you know like like they're indies they're award winning they've you know they've you know kind of grown from like a student project to a full release and uh, uh, you know they're nominated for you know game awards and like all these different things but then you know like you'll you'll kind of talk to real world people and you're like hey have you played Outer Wilds you've you heard the soundtrack and I just feel like a lot of people are like oh no like I haven't gotten to that yet. It, it's like one of the most like hauntingly like heartbreakingly beautiful uh beautifully composed pieces of music that or you know like scores of music that goes so perfectly well with the world with the story with the overall kind of mood and atmosphere of like the unknown exploration uh you know kind of tr- like the the underdog guy trying to save the universe not really sure why or not really sure how and it's it, it's crazy how it's gotten its hooks into me without me really realizing it. Because at first it just kind of like it's a little acoustic guitar here and there. Because you start off at like a campfire, and then it's kind of you end up in space. And then there's all these like big orchestral, you know, like crazy like beats. And then it, the game kind of comes back in its finale to this kind of like you know 
grassroots like down to earth you know like like acoustic kind of guitar but then like with other pieces kind of all coming in and like building up together so um i thought it was worth mentioning um it's tricky to get the impact of this uh soundtrack without playing the game but the music can certainly be appreciated without playing the game it's just it's a different experience once you tie it to the game yeah i haven't played that one but it sounds cool yeah it's on uh, uh game pass so if you want to add it to your to play later, uh, de definitely. De and it's one of these, I, I probably mentioned it before too. It's one of these games that I kind of, I gave it a try for like five minutes one day. You kind of need an hour to kind of just understand like, oh, it's a time loop game. Oh, this is the, this is how it's going to work. Okay. I got it. Cause like once I got through like that little bit, that's all it took to hook me. So, but yeah, definitely for sure worth it. Especially if you like things like, um, like Bastion, if you're familiar with the, that soundtrack, kind of that real kind of like grassrootsy, you know, kind of, you know, just real down to earth, like acoustic backbone with like some, some like good acoustic percussion. And um, uh, there's no vocals, even though there, there's some vocals in Bastion, but it's kind of got like a similar feel uh, to like some of Darren Korb's work on Bastion and Pyre. Okay, cool. Yeah. So what do you guys got? You got any that uh, you think are some underrated gems that uh, people should be uh, paying attention to? Got a few. I mean, we're we gonna do. What do you want to do? Like a round robin, or? Yeah, just we'll just go for it, and then it, we'll we'll kind of go one by one, and then we may end up with one person who does ten in a that's, row. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> um, well, I mean, some of these, I, I probably won't be too tricky to figure out some of the stuff that I'm gonna talk about. But um, can you guys hear me? Okay. Oh yeah. Good. Okay, going. good. Because for some reason you guys froze for me for a minute. So. Oh. Yeah. For those that watch the video version, there you go. Bonus. I'm sure this will get edited out of the audio version. <laughs> um, so, you know. Wait, I'm supposed to be recording a video version? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, you know, you could probably guess I'm going to talk about the Dark Souls soundtrack, and I'm not going to spend forever on that. I, I just want to pick it, talk generally about it, and then maybe just a couple tracks in particular. But I think one of the things that those games do really well is use music when it has an impact and it's not like Definitely. most games a lot of games you just always have this music droning all the time oh. it's just always yeah. there and the dark souls games uses music very selectively and use it to to give you a feeling so lots of the games there's no music at all it's just the the playing the game and the noises that come along with that but certain areas you'll just get themes or bosses will have a theme so a couple things really stood out to me and um it's not just the bombastic stuff that's usually the stuff that doesn't really hit me as much it's more of like in the first game one of the first areas you get to is firelink shrine and it's just this kind of quiet place where it's kind of a hub for a lot of things that happen in the world and there's just very this very light tune that kind of pervades that area that you're in and it's it's not upbeat it's kind of um <laughs> no it's it's kind of uh like a longing kind of a sound to it yeah. like uh but I like it's got like like a that. it's got like a it's got like a tone of despair to it a little bit like it's just like there's something it's not down it's just you yeah. just kind of pick up on that like just like again like there's something missing um, mm -hmm. or something like a longing 
And then if you play all the way to the very end of the game, Gwyn's theme, like you've played through this game, like all these bosses have this really bombastic music that really you know, gets you pumped. Mm. And, you know, this orchestral, da, 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 and, you know, every like, oh, man, it's the boss and I'm going to die. And, and then you get to Gwyn at the end and it's this very slow, um, mm. sad piano tune that plays. And um, so it just really kind of makes you an impact that you get to this point and this is the pinnacle of the story and you really kind of realize that um, that uh, it's just kind of sad. I mean, like there's not going to be a happy, you know, like, yeah, I did it kind of thing. It's not what it's yeah, about. It's not at a all. triumphant ending. And yeah, the music definitely builds to that. Yeah. It, it kind of really, it lets you, kind of almost feel bad about what you have to do or like this mm. person is here and it's very it's it's i don't use the term wrong but it's a hollow victory it's just not you mm, kind of get the feeling yeah. yeah like this is i don't mm. feel like this is a good win there's no good ending to this and then the last thing i'll say before i move on let you guys talk about something else is um dark souls 3 similar things but i will tell you if you want to listen to anything the intro music that plays the title screen is this amazing orchestral mm. piece that's just a couple minutes long with this um, operatic singing that goes on. And just even every time I fire that game, I'll just sit and listen to it because it it's like it just gives me tingles. You know what I mean? It's just so... Pa- it is. It's a very powerful theme. So... Um, and is it a theme from any earlier games? Like, no. would you recognize it the first time? So it's brand new. And yeah. It's right in the, the menu. Yeah. So fire, you know, or go look at just Dark Souls 3 main theme. Again, like two and a half mm-hmm. minutes. But I mean, it's just, right. yeah, it's very powerful music. It, it's interesting you mentioned that. This wasn't one that was on my list. It was one I considered putting on. So I'll give it a 10 second uh, honorable mention. Um, Civilization VI. <laughs> uh, the music during the gameplay is just very very light so that you can kind of you know make out like you know what's like you can hear like you know grass growing and horses you know walking around and like things being built and bridges coming up and stuff so it's it's just like very very like you know one and two notes here and there on like whatever instrument like if it's japan it's like kind of like those you know that traditional like japanese like string instrument um but uh the the orchestral score at the title screen like i'm with you on that like i'll get to the title screen it's like maybe let's just sit here for five minutes and enjoy this, you know, beautiful piece. So yeah, it's it kind of gave me the same vibe. So Dark Souls three title. Yep. And that's one you have uh, that you do have the vinyl of. You were saying? Yeah, I've got the whole Dark Souls trilogy on vinyl and Bloodborne, nice. and I'm sure mm. now that Demon Souls is coming back, I've got the CD. <laughs> but yep. I'm sure hopefully we'll get a vinyl release on that. But I really do hope they revamp it though, because the Demon Souls it's a little weaker. <laughs> it's a little weaker to be honest, but. <laughs> Yeah, I would say you can't go wrong. If you like that very orchestral kind of stuff, which I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I got a couple orchestrals coming up here, but why don't we let Kelsey uh, jump in the mix here and uh, give us something that he's uh, dying to talk to us about? Sure. So I actually found out something new about my own personal taste in music doing this because typically, I I don't know if we've ever talked about music on the show, but I'm all, all retro or heavy metal like that's all i ever ever listen to i don't stray out of that i know it's very narrow and i need to expand but i just can never find anything else i like <laughs> so when i'm putting down a list of games that had soundtracks that kind of jumped out at me that i wanted to revisit for this uh there were three of them that i'm going to lump together here uh that 
or none of those things I just mentioned. Um, so there's a <laughs> game I, I reviewed. It was my first review. It's called Exception. It's a little indie game. It's a little like platformer where the levels like manipulate around. It's very cool, but it's very like kind of techno sounding. And I remember listening to the songs in that over and over while I was writing out the review just to like keep myself in the mood for the game um, and, and not uh, lose my train of thought while I was writing. Uh, and then a little bit after that, I picked up Nex Machina from uh, Limited Run Games, which is a really cool twin-stick shooter that House Marquee did. Uh, and it's got the same kind of like really pumping like techno soundtrack. And, and then another one that I had uh, was the the Wipeout games, uh, Wipeout Twenty Forty Eight in particular. Man, yeah, I played a lot of that on the Vita uh, while I was traveling for a little while, and. I think I might like synthwave, which is kind of blowing my mind <laughs> because I just, it's not a genre I've ever explored, but have those you, three right. games I just love. Have you ever yeah. listened to Carpenter Brute? I've never even heard of that. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Seriously. You need to listen to Carpenter Brute. And so I'm, I'm going to yeah. like, yeah, have to reach out and, and I'll send you, I'll send you a couple now. recommendations. Yeah. Perfect, because it's not yeah. anything I've ever explored, but I love like not just one or two tracks, like pretty much those whole soundtracks. I, I really, really like from all three of those games. So right. I, I'm kind of excited to explore a whole new world of music that may have just opened up to me. That's so cool, and, and it's and it's funny because there are there are times when I'll play a game like that, and I'll hear a type of music, and I really, really love it in the context of the game, and it just never occurs to me. I can listen to that outside this game. That happens you to know, me all like, the time. It, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then like, and even like, like uh, uh, destiny, which is something that I really like. And I play a lot. I've never gone after any of the soundtracks. Um, like just, you know, it's, well, first they've only been released on vinyl once. It was the music of destiny volume one. It was pretty limited. I didn't get a copy. And now it's like ridiculous on the secondary market. And then the rest of it, it's like CDs. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't really buy CDs. So like, whatever, but uh, then we got Spotify and, you know, I'm like, okay, like whatever, you know, like I'll throw on the, you know, the shadow keep soundtrack, the most recent one. And I'm telling you for a game that I play a lot and I've heard this music a lot, I couldn't believe how good I thought this music was just in the context of just listening to it, just like in the car, like on the drive where you really get to like pay attention to like, you know, the, uh, like the crescendos and like the, the, the orchestration and like, how certain things build up and how they're building tension. And I'm, and I'm thinking like, I don't know if I could have picked it out, you know, like uh, of a lineup, but like I'm hearing it and I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, that's like, that's this time. Like right when you go here and it's right before this happens, you know? So it's crazy how like sometimes my brain just kind of focuses in on like, this is a thing that you listen to when you're playing a game and like not outside of that. But like with RPGs, it's the opposite. Like I'm, I'll be playing an RPG and I'll think like, ooh, I can't wait to listen to this later. You know, like it's just I don't know what what that phenomenon in the brain is called, but I've I've experienced that too. So wipeout, huh? It's uh, uh yeah. just slightly off track. Extreme G. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm an Extreme G fan. I I can't recall the soundtrack specifically, but I played a lot mm -hmm. of one and two uh, back in the day. I I like the racing yep. mechanics a lot in those games. Yeah, I, I played played the hell out of one. I played more uh, two than one. And then I think something happened when three came out. It was either like, okay, I'm now too old to be able to, uh, you know, accurately pilot this uh, vehicle anymore. Or I just didn't have like the twitch in my thumb anymore. But I remember the first time I broke the sound barrier in two. 
I like literally like held my breath <laughs> until like I came back through the sound barrier and I looked around in the room and was like, did anyone else see that? And I was alone. So no one else saw it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's interesting though. I, I hadn't thought about the wipeouts in so long, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, they're, are, they're really are, good. I great. picked 2048 like specifically, but I, I do like multiple wipeout soundtracks. They're all pretty uh-huh. solid. Cool. So I guess we'll keep the round robin going for uh, some more of these uh, uh, modern ones. Um, I actually kind of mentioned a few of them just in in you know talking right here. I had I had Bastion as one to mention, which I talked about a minute ago as kind of you know having a kind of similar sound to the Outer Wild soundtrack. And I should have mentioned before it's uh, Andrew Prollo is the composer of the Outer Wild soundtrack, and Darren Korb uh, is for Bastion. Um, now this next one, it's I don't know if you call it underrated because it is one that's won like a lot of awards. Uh, you know, gets a lot of recognition, and it is like a major Nintendo game, so it's not like some, you know, little indie thing that you would never hear of. But I'm telling you, for my money, the orchestral soundtrack for Super Mario Galaxy is one of my favorite soundtracks for any Mario game. And I know a lot of time Mario, especially in like the modern times, it has kind of like this, like, uh, you know, like very, very worldly, depending on like where you are, like, you know, you got a lot of jazz, got a lot of, you know, like kind of like Latin inspired, like some, some Island, you know, steel drums just kind of like depends on where you are, like in the world of Mario Odyssey or whatever. But the, the, the Super Mario Galaxy, uh, uh, orchestral, um, uh, soundtrack has this amazing kind of like, like uh like this feeling of like exploration and discovery but without feeling like just like generic sci-fi you know like it doesn't sound like he said like you know like write music as if you were exploring like little planetoids and collecting you know like gems it, it's it has this really hard to you know at least hard for me to describe quality of just just feeling like like fun exploration in space like made into music it's so good and it's so like I, I hear it in my head and like I just wish that it was actually playing. Um, and I, I, I did a little research um, just kind of when I was writing up some of my notes for the show. And uh, uh, the composer had originally written this, uh, you know, this music that was that was more of like the, the what the last Mario games have been, where it was, you know, it did have like, you know, kind of a Latin feel or the drums or the island, you know, just kind of like all this different stuff. And he brought it to the games. I think it was the game's audio director. Um, I'm not looking at the wiki right now, but uh, and and he was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, this is not it. And uh, and the composer was was not happy. And he said, like, it sounds like you made music. And I think the quote was something like, um, it sounds like you've made music under the assumption that Mario is cute. Make music like not assuming that Mario is a cute thing that you're trying to make uh, you know, like a soundtrack for young children to be happy. Like when like the blip blops happen on the screen. And I guess this like upset him so much that like he almost quit, but then like, they like, they like said like, no, 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 no. Like you got this, like, just go for it. So he took three months and the soundtrack you hear is the soundtrack he made after they said, no, 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 go back and do it better. And it reminds me of uh, 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 one of my favorite film composers, Hans Zimmer, who's done a billion things uh, that everyone knows. Um, but one of them that he did was Gladiator, um, the Ridley Scott uh, film that won, uh, uh, you know, many awards. All the Academy Awards, seen. yeah. Exactly. All of the, yeah, they had to, they had to create new awards just so <laughs> someone else could win some afterwards. Um, and the only one that didn't win was Joaquin Phoenix. He lost to a Benicio Del Toro that year, but uh, for traffic. Exactly. Yeah. That is the correct reaction <laughs> to finding out that, uh, 
that Benicio won for Traffic and not Joaquin for Gladiator. But um, so Hans Zimmer is an amazing composer, does terrific work. And what I heard was that the first score that he brought to Ridley Scott, and he was like, okay, here's like all my test pieces. Ridley Scott just like gave it to him and be like, dude, well, maybe he didn't say dude, but he was <laughs> like, guy, this is not, this is not why I hired you. This is not why I work with you. This is like, and I'm paraphrasing, but like, this is generic. Like I would expect this from like, you know, any other person we could get off the street. And then, so Hans went back, you know, and like, you know, had his little, you know, session where he like cleared his mind and went back and he did it. And the, the score that you hear is the one after Ridley told him like, no, this is garbage. Go back and do it again. And it just got me thinking like, that's gotta happen, you know, you know, more than, you know, just uh, probably more than you would hear about it. Right. But it's crazy how uh, how sometimes that can, you know, really, really bring out a piece of work that you never would have got otherwise. So I thought it was an interesting comparison. The, just to give a track specifically from Mario Galaxy 2, that uh, Hub World has like one of my favorite Mario tracks of all time. Just that like really mm-hmm. cheerful lullaby while you're walking from zone yep. to zone. I, I love that. Like, yep. That just pops into my head sometimes while I'm like taking yeah. the house. So, so, so good. I mean, there's, and uh, I don't, I could be wrong, but I don't think very many, if any, Nintendo soundtracks have made it to vinyl, except for like some unofficial ones. There's like kind of like some fan ones. ones. Yeah. Yeah, There's lots of unofficial ones. There's lots of like, uh, you know, remix ones or piano collection or covers, but, uh, but yeah, that would like that's. I mean, I know that a whole one bunch of and classics. Smash Brothers. They they always push mm. on CD a lot. Those two specifically. Yes. Yeah. Right. But yeah, for and and uh, um, you know, nothing nothing against Mario Galaxy two, but something about that music in Galaxy one, like it just it hits so hard. I, I love it so much. So, um, and uh, um, I remember there were some rumors not too long ago that there were going to be a whole bunch of Nintendo uh, and Mario games remastered for the Switch. Um, I don't know if that's still happening or if that rumor is still alive, but we're, we're in the, you know, the E3, you know, quote unquote E3 months right now. So yeah. hopefully we'll, we'll hear something soon, but man, would it be amazing to replay galaxy? I oh. just played one and two with the buddy before all the COVID lockdown stuff. And yeah, they, they hold up other than a few things. Like there's the, you stand on the ball with the joystick and you like fly mm. the, with the bird stuff like those levels you can cut out in the swimming with, you like ride the yeah. manta ray thing. They cut mm-hmm. out all those like three motion control kind of levels, and those games are really, really good still. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm a big, big fan. And uh, you know, if you if you haven't played them in a while, or if you have never really like really honed in on the music, definitely, definitely worth going back and, and checking out. All right, so besides your souls, what do we have uh, next from the Duke? So up next, um, I wanted to talk. Uh, again, I guess a little more collectively, but I want to talk about Mass Effect 2 and 3. Um, so when I think about, again, musical scores that really are very mm-hmm. impactful, um, you know, the first Mass Effect, I didn't strike. I mean, it, was, it must not it must have been good or bad or one way or another. It seemed to be okay. But like, especially starting with Mass Effect 2 and then going into mm-hmm. Mass Effect 3, those were composed so well and mm. it really had that space vibe mm. and feel that really made you take it, right? And like that super futuristic, yeah. like kind of like synthy. Uh-huh. Uh, oh man, yeah. And uh, uh, not to interrupt, but I had the 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 composer of the uh, you know some of the Mass Effect stuff, uh, Sam Hewlett, on my Twitter feed forever. Um, 
and I, I really do feel like Mass Effect kind of gets a bad rap for the uh, the reception of the ending of the third game. And I talked to, and so I don't want to dwell too much on that, but like people don't realize how insanely good this trilogy is. Oh yeah. Um, and especially the entirety of that third game, like regardless of like, oh, the the choices I made were supposed to just leave that at the door. The game is unbelievably good and absolutely worth your time and attention. And it's interesting. You mentioned the Mass Effect games. Uh, it's one of those vinyl soundtracks, like so many others, that like it was out for a hot minute and now is a billion dollars <laughs> on the secondary market because they don't want to make any more. But yeah, you're a hundred percent right with the theming of uh, uh, of the uh, and man, like character themes oh, yeah. and uh, uh, oh, it's yeah, like, unbelievable, great, great pick. Like that theme that would play, um, you know. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name now. Gosh, it's been a few years since I played that game, but it was like, mm. it wasn't the Hidden Man, was it? What was it? He, the Elusive, elusive man. man. That's right. Yeah. So like his theme that would play when his sections yep. were going on were like really yep. good. And uh, yep. and like I said, you know, I know people grumbled about the end. Man, right. that's like, it's like you've had the best meal you've ever had, and maybe like yep. the mint at the end was not the best mint yeah. you've had. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> right. shut yeah. up. The, this yeah. is fantastic. The waiter looked at me funny when he dropped off the bill. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right. This was these characters were awesome and this story that you got to go through was awesome and the music Man. and the world and then Andromeda happened. Yep. But anyway. So, yeah, so <laughs> Yeah, to me, Andromeda is like a bigger fall off than like the ending of Mass Effect 3 was. Um, but I have read a recent story that the game is actually much, much, much better than it was at release, especially with the use of certain mods. Um, I haven't played it yet, so I can't speak to it. But man, what a great, great, great pick. Because like, like you said, so so character themes, um, you know, uh, world themes, oh, yeah. the change in the in the uh, uh, dramaticism and the intensity of the music based on mm. like, so when you have the, the confrontation, no spoilers or anything, but we have this confrontation with Rex where you have to, with the, with the, uh, was it the uh, genophage? Yeah. Um, they called it with, um, you had to have enough, like for lack of, of remembering the term, like you had to have like enough goodwill built up yeah. like in your paragon or whatever status to even be able to, you know, convince someone not to do a thing. Um, and the way the music went with that. And one of the coolest things, and I'll try to keep the spoilers out of it the the theme song on the title screen where it's like kind of like that one note where it's like like and then it kind of goes into a melody that's the only time you hear that song and then late in mass effect one when you kind of get to this part of the game where it's almost like the curtain draws back and you're like oh this is what's going on that song comes back and i'm getting you can probably see the goosebumps <laughs> yeah. happening like now yeah. like it is so perfectly done yeah and uh, uh, amazing, amazing uh, uh, choice and f- unbelievable music throughout. Yeah, yeah, I remember really enjoying those. I haven't ever tried to listen to them out of the game like we were talking about earlier. Oh, that's those ones mm-hmm. I got to try and put on again because I remember being really... I've only played one and two. I haven't actually played three. Uh, what? They, yeah, they did make an impact on me. <laughs> yeah, oh. and, and, I, and I think actually I, I fired up... Um, I fired up two or three the other day just on a complete whim. I was, I, I was testing a 360. Um, so I had like a, you know, I had the console, I had the power supply. I'm like, I just need to throw something on here. So I look at the the shelf and I have the, the collector edition of Mass Effect two and three. So I just like grabbed, you know, a disc out of there and just got onto the Normandy 
and just the, the the music on the Normandy, I just sat there and like let it go on the TV for like uh, 15 minutes. That's that's so crazy. You picked that. Such such a good pick. So yeah, but yeah, for for sure worth. I mean, not like anyone's looking to you know add several more 40, 50 hour games to their backlog, but yeah, for for sure worth your time. And the music is very very interesting. Remaster the trilogy for the new consoles. Like I can't believe it hasn't happened or been announced yet. It's just like that. That was it was a it was a rumor. Um, like not even two or three weeks ago, I follow a a girl who works uh for quality um uh, at Bungie. And I forget exactly who the source was, but it was, it might've been like an investor call. It was, it was like EA, it was like an EA investor call. And they were talking about their projected earnings and they referenced like the remake of an exit, like the, the remaster of an existing trilogy as yet unannounced coming out like X, Y, Z. And everyone started saying, well, it can't be this and it can't be this. And it can't be this. Is it <laughs> Mass Effect? One <laughs> so can only hope. It, Exactly. So yeah, it's definitely possible. Right? Yeah. Let's not bring back Dead Space (laughs) Three. Let's not bring that back. So yeah, good, good, good pick there. Big fan. So uh, all right, Krabby. So number one, play Mass Effect Three. Number two, what do you got for us next? (laughs) Uh, So this one's more in character, and I'm going to lump a a few together again. Um, Okay. But to go back to like the retro stuff, but in a modern context, uh, there's these games called Project Cross Zone. Uh, There's two of them on Hmm. the uh, 3DS. And they are crossovers that Capcom, Namco, Sega, and Nintendo are all involved in. So there's characters from all of those games. Uh, and then there's also this amazing racing game called Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed. And it sounds stupid. It's the dumbest name. It is an amazing game. Both the soundtrack really? and the racers. Yeah. So like the race cars in some levels evolve into planes or boats and all three in some levels. So like Diddy Kong Racing, but like way, way, way better. Uh, but the music from those three games, they take all the like best tracks from the games the characters originate from and remix them into like kind of, I don't know, like almost like dance music or techno. Like they're really upbeat. They got those like drums like that are just really constant the whole time. So they take uh, songs from like, you know, Shinobi and Devil May Cry and Resident Evil and Dark Soccers and Street Fighter and, and uh, Golden Axe and like everything. And they just pick like your favorite track from that game and just do this amazing, awesome, cool, like kind of techno version of it. Uh, and there's because of how much source material is in each of those games, they are big soundtracks too. Like there's like mm. 60 some odd tracks in, in each Project Cross Zone game, and they're all really, really good. So mm. if, if you like retro music and you want to see them not in their like uh, kind of 8-bit 16-bit like forums like something a little more modern with some instruments uh it's to check out any of the soundtracks from those three games they're, they're really really solid yeah i was not familiar with the cross zone i remember you I, playing that one when you were here that one year so i really really like <laughs> them they don't have a good reputation <laughs> but i i think they're really really fun they're just pure fan service which is what i want sometimes mm. nothing wrong with it Nope, I'm good with it. So, uh, what, what is it back to me? Yes, sir. All right. So let me pull another uh, another one off here. So um, this is one that I thought of uh, that I thought of not adding because I haven't played the game yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that would make it even more interesting. So um, I was watching the, the Game Awards by this new guy in the industry that no one really knows yet, named Jeff Keeley. So uh, uh-huh. he. Um, uh, 
the, one of the games uh, that well, so I should mention Outer Wilds was up for uh, uh, for best uh, for best uh, score, and I believe the game that won, unless I'm mistaken, is uh, was Death Stranding. Yeah, I, think um, I can't understand uh, why Death Stranding would win an award from yeah, Keeley. Jeff Keeley's best friend. <laughs> so, um, and so this is a you know obviously everyone knows Death Stranding. It's a it's a Kojima game, which means it's weird. Um, and a lot of the the trailers and like the hype kind of like leading up to the game, everything for it looked weird until like some actual footage of the game came out, and then it looked really, really, really weird. So, um, it's uh uh. His games are always like very special, and like they got their own kind of personality. Um, but I started paying attention um, when there was some talk about like you know like really like the like the soundtrack. People are talking about how weird the game is, but the soundtrack is like super super like really really good, and not just the soundtrack good, but uh, someone was saying before about uh, I think it was you, Chris, in Souls, the use of music like as it pertains like to the actual gameplay. Um, so. Uh, not only was it, you know, nominated for awards and, you know, it won the award, um, but uh, I, I was hearing people talk about it. I'm on the the vinyl, sorry, the video game vinyl uh, subreddit group. And it was one of these ones that a lot of people were like, oh, I hope we get this. I hope we get this. And there's actually two soundtracks that they released for it. One of it is the is the, the soundtrack or the score, rather. And the other is like songs from Death Stranding, because there's an, a pretty extensive licensed uh, uh, track list uh, from the game. So there's two different albums. But um a thing that I kept seeing like recurring in the uh, uh, in the comments for it was not just that some of the best use of music, like use of music in the game, but everyone kind of like spoiler free always references like that one, you know, scene or that one, you know, like moment where the music like has the impact and like no one will say what it is because it's like a spoilery thing. And I'm like, OK, well, why don't I give this thing a listen? So I threw it up on Spotify and I had it on like at work or like, you know, like in, in the car. And like over the course of a couple of days, I was like, yeah, like not even like just knowing that it's weird and there's like, you know, babies and bridges and like, you know, odd things like out in the universe, just kind of like trying to visualize what it was like. The music was just too cool. So I, I took a chance on it. I actually bought uh, the record and I've listened to it a couple of times. So haven't played the game yet. So I don't know if you guys have ever had that happen where you enjoyed a soundtrack and you listened no, to it. wild. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's worth a listen. It's it's got this like real, like I don't want to say Mass Effect because it's not exactly that, but it's kind of that like it's it's like electronic. It's intense. There's a, it's it's almost like Blade Runnery in that way, where it's got like a lot of like kind of like you know ramp ups and like you know kind of steady steady beats, and uh, you can tell just by listening. Like I haven't you know played the game like I said, but there are times where you'll hear something and you're like, oh, it sounds like some like big thing is chasing me. I wonder if I'm gonna be okay, <laughs> you know. So, but yeah, so I I wanted to throw Death Stranding on there as one that because uh, it gets talked about so much about just being a great big weird Kojima game, but the music is is really really good and it's actually a triple uh, vinyl. It's a, a triple 180 gram vinyl release from Mondo. It's really really high quality package and sounds fantastic. So when you got when you ordered the game the uh, soundtrack, did a man in a spacesuit with a giant jar of urine to just deliver <laughs> yeah, it to your yeah. door? <laughs> yeah, Br- bridge baby. <laughs> you open up the package and like Quato is like, there's your record. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, good stuff. So Death Stranding is on there for me. Okay. So uh, uh, Chris, you have another one I for do. us? I do. And, I, and again, I'm gonna kind of mush two things together because again, they're very they're very connected, mm-hmm. and that's um, bravely default and bravely second. Um, the soundtracks okay. for those again 
I wish more people played those games because Bravely... I tried, I tried. The Bravely yeah. games <laughs> are basically classic Final Fantasy continued. So mm. if you liked through up through 4, 5, 6, like how that kind of game just sort of just fell off the map and it was gone and mm. that wasn't Final Fantasy no. anymore. This is like, oh, well, what if after 4 and 5 we kept getting new Final Fantasy games? And that's what this series really is. And they take that kind of sweeping, happy and joyous and interesting orchestral pieces and movements. And and everybody has a character theme. And some of them are very jolly and light and upbeat. And some are very, you know, very heavy. Um, But it's just like when you play the Final Fantasy games. You know how every area would have its own sound and some of them would be really exciting and and you're like oh man this is going to be a really cool place to be and and some of them were almost kind of silly uh but others were just everything was always just really well done and it's the kind of music that stuck in your head because again when you're playing like a final fantasy game you hear these tunes a lot right they play for Mm -hmm. long stretches you're in these towns you're in the battles you're in the the overworld and these songs stick with you and they have to be really well done for them to stick with you enough to be able to like, yeah, I still want to listen to more of that, even though I listened to tons of it already. Uh, I always think of that in any Final Fantasy game I play. Like the first battle I get into, I listen to that battle theme and I'm like, they put a lot of thought into the fact that someone's going to hear this 9,000 times, you know? <laughs> and like, I, I remember because like there are certain times where you're playing something and it just, it's like, okay it's been four seconds and this is already old, but like, like you can tell the mark of a good battle theme is if, you know, like days later you're like humming the battle theme and like, not, not in a way that like you're upset with it. Like, Oh, this garbage is in my head. You're just like, you know, just like whatever it is. But like, I got, I, I would think that's one of the trickier things to compose is like a battle theme. That's like, catchy hearing it a billion times but not annoying yeah because you've got like what like uh maybe two minute loop tops i mean probably a minute so um yeah but you know i've got the collector's edition so i've got the cds of those and it's music Mm. that i will put on because again a lot of it is kind of just this nice background Mm. and it just makes you feel good it's just a lot of it's happy music and uh, it reminds you of a lot of fun that you had and it's just really well done. And I'm really excited for Bravely Default 2. Uh, it's a series I think that doesn't doesn't get the love that I think it deserves. But uh, and, and it's weird because it definitely, I remember like it definitely getting a lot of attention oh, yeah. when it was like, oh, like Bravely Default, it's going to be a thing. And then like it, it like happened. And I remember like I, 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 I tried it. I don't know if I tried it long enough. And I think I went to the Bravely Second panel at PAX East. Uh, like, yeah, you, know, you got like, me hey, a like, What do you guys want? And you were like, oh, like, see if you can get me something from Bravely Default. So I got you the thing from there. And, uh, but I, and, and uh, the, you know, one of the guys from the development team, I, I forget, uh, um, you know, what his role was, but he had a translator and people were like, you know, like going back and forth asking questions. And, uh, but yeah, he actually said something to the effect of like, you know, we were, we were like, like surprised, but like, not you know like which they're like it made sense to us why like it caught on right away but at the same time we were kind of surprised that it hit the way it did um but because everyone was like you know like what like were you expecting this kind of deal and they were like yeah there was kind of in the middle like they thought there was a chance it would hit um but uh but yeah like i i tried it for a little bit and like you know like a lot of other things i don't know if 
maybe I didn't get enough enough of a chance or enough time, but I've I've heard enough people you know go on about it that I think it's probably worth uh, worth a look. And you mentioned that uh, uh, so you have the collector editions. Are these still available if anyone wanted to get their hands on them, or this secondary market yeah, stuff? Yeah, it's Nintendo, mm-hmm. right? So you have to order mm-hmm. them from Nintendo and. Um, I think you guys may remember years ago on one of our shows that um, uh, one of our listeners um, sent me it was Slacker from the the website sent me the collector's edition of the first one, and then I bought the second one, and pre-ordered it when it came in. So um, awesome! Yeah, I again, you have to be in the mood for a traditional mm. turn-based job system RPG, right? Which is not something right. you're going to always be in the mood for, but if you have a hankering right. for like, man. I could really go for like another Final Fantasy V kind of game, then yeah, right. this is your place to be with improvements for modern life. I will say, right? Know. But yeah, but if nothing else, listen to the soundtrack. Great stuff. Cool. All right. So bravely, and do you say bravely default? It's bravely do default. You say bravely, and it's bravely okay. second. Is okay. Oh, bravely second. Okay. And then we'll have bravely default two. <laughs> I, I i don't name uh, these things a, a hideo kojima production <laughs> yeah. well it's called bravely default because if you ever play the game that's the there's a the battle system the two yeah. right yeah. It, you're, you're either bravely or, or you default, can brave right? or you can default and that's just ways mm-hmm. to either stack or bank turns basically mm-hmm. yeah I, I remember that much and I, and I remember them asking him like were you ever concerned about the name being confusing and he said no because it's either Brave <laughs> or Default. <laughs> I will tell you, though, and I won't spoil anything, for both of those games, they both have a subtitle, and something really cool happens in both games to that subtitle at a certain part of the game. And I won't say anything else. Oh, okay. Cool. All right. Well, that's enough to get me in <laughs> for Try 2. <laughs> and the endings are always having really cool twist, but again, I won't spoil anything. Cool. It's a JRPG, so you kill God? Well, I mean, you always you're always trying to kill God, but there's a twist right. farther than that. Is there a summon spell where you like bring down like the heavens onto a guy and it does four damage? I don't think so. <laughs> Sorry, fills out now. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no seven minute unskippable, you know, cutscene yeah. summon. Sorry. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So we got bravely, bravely, uh, bravely, bravely second. And, uh, and that, bravely too. So uh, that's a good for what I want to talk about next because it, it's really in the same vein. Um, mm. I want to talk about Octopath Traveler. Oh yeah, Ooh, which yeah. everybody knows for the art style and that mm-hmm. there's eight characters, but I don't really hear anybody talk about the soundtrack, which is phenomenal. Mm. Uh, because there's eight characters, there is eight like amazing themes, and they all fit the story and the mood of those characters. So, like, there's old Barrack, who's this, like, big, giant warrior kind of guy. And so he's got the big, like, you know, trumpets going in his uh, theme. And it just it's really powerful and moving. And then you've got uh, Cyrus, who's, like, kind of this wise-ass, like, bookworm wizard kind of guy. And he's got this really, like, <laughs> kind of cheeky theme to him. And Tressa's, like, this super upbeat, like, obnoxiously happy little merchant girl. And so her, she's got just this, like, happy little cheerful song. And... It's, it's just amazing how they captured the essence of every single one of these characters in, in a theme. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, to, to talk about battle music, like you guys were mentioning, the, there, there's a few different battle themes in this game, and they're all really, really good. 
Mm. Um, I listen to them <clears throat> quite a bit outside of the game too. Um, and they've never gotten old. The story moments in the game each have different parts too. Like when something sad's happening, they have this despair theme. And when something uh, heroic's happening, they have a theme for that. And there's just so much range to the, the soundtrack in the game. And it's all really, really solid. There's, there's no real stinkers to it. So this is one I like to put on when I'm like cooking in the kitchen. I'll, I'll throw it on YouTube on my phone, and it doesn't matter what part of the soundtrack I ended on last time. Like it's just always good. And and I'm gonna give a little spoiler because it's a JRPG. So when you're killing God at the end, <laughs> it's course. got this really amazing song with this like operatic singer singing in like Latin or something in the background, and it's just it blows my mind every time. And and I had to do that fight like it's really tough fight, so I had to do it like. 20 times or something like that before i finally got a victory out of it and i just never got sick of it partially because of that song it's, it's not like the fight itself is fine but just that song just elevates it beyond where mm. where it probably would be with a, with a lesser song uh but yeah just the one word to describe that soundtrack is the range like there there's mm. the whole spectrum's covered in it and it, it lives up to the rest of the hype that game gets. I think it's one of my favorite games from this last generation. It's so much fun. Makes me wonder because I know uh, I think Intelligent Systems did both the Bravely games and they did that game as well. I mm-hmm. wonder if it's the same composer that did. Oh, I wonder too. I did not look into that. Could be. Yeah. yeah. Just just on the side, I was checking to see if it's still available. And uh, while you can get the uh, collector's edition for about two hundred and forty nine dollars, that has the CD in it, you can grab the CD just by itself. It looks like for around thirty dollars. Okay. So if you really wanted to have that physical version, which some uh, people really like to have, it's nice that that uh, is still uh, an option. Yeah, it's worth it. It's really really good. Yep. And that's that. Uh, so obviously that came out uh, uh, on on Switch first. Um, and then and, PC uh, the year after, I think. Yeah, yeah. So it's on Steam. I was gonna say. So it's been on my Steam wish list for a little bit, and and not because I wouldn't play it on Switch. I definitely would. Um, but uh, uh, the um, the Switch is a hard thing to play at home without the kids not being like, oh, it's if this is the thing that we can play. Okay, like let's play, you know, like Yoshi or whatever. Right. So like the the laptop kind of it's kind of like my sanctuary. So if I could get it on there, I feel like that's uh that would be a place I could add it to myself. But yeah, that's been on the list for a while. It's good to know the music is uh, a big part yeah, of uh, why it's, it's so it's good. It's on par with everything else. The battle system is really good. The art style is amazing. I really enjoyed the, the smaller, like personal stories to it rather than like that big thing, but they do mm. kind of come together at the end into a big thing, but that's just like, mm. you know, a, a 10th of the game rather than the, the, it's not the main point of the game. Gotcha. Very cool. So yeah, so Octopath Traveler. Um, so I've only got a couple more on mine, and I could probably condense them into one since I've already mentioned uh, Destiny before uh, during one of our you know little conversations there. I just did want to mention real quick. Um, the original uh, composer um, of Destiny was the Bungie's original audio lead was Marty O'Donnell, um, who people might know the name as the composer of the Halo games. Um, a lot of those uh, kind of like iconic you know like battle themes um, were done by Martin O'Donnell. Um, it's it's been rumored that he or maybe it's been confirmed that he has a longtime collaborator. Um, his name is Michael Salvatore. Um, that they've always you know as long as I've ever known about Marty O'Donnell that he's worked with Michael Salvatore and um, they kind of co like they each write their own stuff but then the other guy kind of goes over it and there was an interview I saw once where um, uh, where it was a great line from Michael Salvatore. He said he said I think. Um, 
I think Marty makes my music more accessible and I make his music more interesting. And Marty was like, oh, yeah, it's a good way to put it. Like, I, I like that. So, like, they both kind of, like, just just kind of play off each other and, like, tweak it just enough where, like, it sounds like it's written by the same person, but, like, each thing was, like, tweaked by another guy. So right. it just is a relationship that worked. Um, and for those who don't know, Marty O'Donnell, there was some weird behind-the-scenes stuff. There's a big, long story that I have, you know, you could research if you want, but he was fired by Bungie back in 2014, I think it was. And there was lawsuits back and forth. He said it was without cause. Oh, I and remember blah, blah, hearing blah. about that, yeah. Yeah, so Marty, so long story short, they went to court. They settled. Uh, I think Marty O'Donnell ended up coming out like more on top than Bungie did um, because there wasn't any cause and they were like withholding benefits or whatever. But anyway, the only reason I mentioned it, Marty recorded a uh, uh, an album, like part of the music for, for Destiny 2, and he was working on like kind of this big space orchestral opera called Music of the Spheres that he composed with Paul McCartney. Oh wow! Yes, that Paul McCartney, um, and it was kind of like kind of like hidden away for a while, like in all like, the legal like hullabaloo and stuff. So um, it has since been released. At first, people thought that Marty did it kind of like under the radar because like one day Marty was just like, "Here, it's on my YouTube," <laughs> but um, but it is actually like legit and it's out there. So um, just for any, just wanted to mention in case there are any you know people who like the music from Halo or who like the Beatles or just want to see like what would it be like if Paul McCartney did some video game music with a sci-fi composer? Like you know that's available now. It's called Music of the Spheres. We've all been asking um, ourselves that since the '60s. I know. Right? <laughs> hey, what would it be like? Um, so, and then, uh, so the last thing I wanted to mention is I mentioned it before, but just throwing the shadow keep soundtrack on Spotify for this, you know, soundtrack that I hear a lot in game. It was really, really cool listening to it out of the game. And I think I've mentioned a few times during this episode, a lot of times, like in my, my headspace will be like, I hear the game music when I'm in the game. And then when I'm out of the game, that's not my heads, my headspace, you know, for, for game music. I would encourage you to try to listen to some music that you, you know, maybe don't think is, uh, is, you know, kind of for you outside the games. You might be surprised like I was. And, um, uh, the, so the last one I wanted to mention, um, is another divisive, uh, Final Fantasy game, but it's one that when I think about it, the soundtrack is what like really like pushes me and like makes me want to go back to it. And everyone, everyone's got their opinions. So if you think I'm wrong, I don't care. So Final Fantasy VIII uh. <laughs> and Final Fantasy XIII. I'm bundling them, them we're together. We're on video. I can just do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Final Fantasy VIII, I remember what an impact this had on me. Like the demo, which is like that like intro, like, uh, uh, you know, like the exam, right? Like the garden exam. And I remember it almost had this like, this like Latin feel, right? It had like the like the chanting in it and then like the music came in with it. I remember being so pumped for that demo and then like the game comes out and they kind of build up to it a little bit more. Like there's this really like, um, you know, kind of like, like almost like, like almost silence. Like there's just like, just this little, like just kind of like, you know, just little, little beats and little like shakes and little, like, you know, kind of like the silence before the storm. And there's like drums in it. It was like, dun, 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 dun. And like, it really got you like, okay, like there's consequences here. You guys, I can tell because of the music. Um, and, Every time I go back to Final Fantasy VIII, I play it for a little bit, and I'm like, you know, maybe everyone was right. Like, maybe it's not that good. <laughs> but the music is so good that, like, it constantly makes me think uh, to go back to it. And the other one's 13. Like, I, like, I'll go through times where I don't think about 13 for a while, and then I'll just, like, hear some music from it. I'm like, 
I should play 100 hours of Final Fantasy thirteen because <laughs> I love the music so much. And I know it gets, it gets crap for like, oh, it's linear. You just move straight ahead. Oh, you just hold a button. I'm like, okay, guys, well, you know, if you don't like it, like, I get it. But, like, I, I adore the game. I think, I like, being able to change those paradigms. Um, because, like, to me, like, I see the paradigm shifts as my interaction with the combat system, right? And you can go in and tweak individual things that's in there. You can slow it down, do whatever you want. I know it's not as robust as Chris's favorite uh, 12, where all those, um, what do you call them, the gambits, um, where you can go in and really kind of tweak the way your, your your stuff is. But I love 13. I love the, the paradigms. I love how each, the music for each area, like Chris was saying before, and like uh, Kelsey was saying with, uh, with Octopath, it really takes you into the feeling of that area um you could tell it wasn't just throw this song here throw this song here like each one kind of like if you're in like a mystical you know woods with like you know crazy like life-giving nectar flowing out of stuff like it sounds like that you know i would say oh this sounds like a life-giving nectar song you know like <laughs> it's it, it's it's really good and i, I mentioned I, I also like to mention good soundtracks on games that kind of have a bad rap because a lot of people just might have been like oh i heard final fantasy 13 is bad but you know, I, you know, I, I think you might surprise yourself if you start to poke around at some of these things that like the world says Mass Effect 3 is not good. No, it's good. <laughs> They're wrong. <laughs> so uh, I just wanted to make sure I mentioned Final Fantasy 13. But that's all I had in my underrated modern soundtracks uh, on my list there. So anything else for us, Chris? Yeah, I can. Uh, similar to you, I can wrap this up pretty quick. I had one other major thing and then I just want to throw one little curve in there real quick sure so the last title i have on my list is street fighter 5 probably no surprise um interesting but i think the thing did you say street fighter 2 5 oh (laughs) (laughs) with the b um one thing i really like if you guys check it out uh is that like a lot of the early music was written capcom people but as they've done these seasons and each season they'll you know introduce five characters for each year or whatever and some of the latter, well, I mean, usually once they got past like the first season or so, they started having just these outside people come in and you, you do it. Can I get a track for this character? You, okay, you can you do a track for this character or you'll do like two of okay. these, two or three of these. So I would say, you know, A, the whole tr- soundtrack is good. It's, it's good soundtrack. But specifically, if you want a couple things to go check out to get a good feel for some of these independent kind of tracks, um, G's theme is really good. It has this really good like just driving like a uh, baseline to it that really mm-hmm. kind of gets you going and pumped so um, check out g's theme uh, poison's theme is has this i don't know i don't know how to explain it's just really high energy and it's really just it's really good uh it's really well done um uh, every time i hear it it's got this little star for just and when you hear it you're like all right let's do it uh and then um zeko zeko is theme is kind of like this really cool i don't even like i can't do it justice but um, check out zeku's theme as well it's like really good i would say those are like my top tier out of the whole soundtrack of those been about it i think you can't go wrong they've done a really good job on that soundtrack and like some people it's you know street fighter 5 gets some hate from some people they say it's mm. not the best street fighter the answer to what the best Street Fighter was was always the last Street Fighter. That's what pro players will tell you. <laughs> so whatever the last game was was the best one. So don't worry. Right. Street Fighter Five will be awesome in about a year. But uh, Do people really say 4 is the best right oh, now? Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was 3. And then, yeah. 
it's just it's funny it's whatever the last game was is the best one right. and what do they yeah. do when they're playing that one they gripe about that one <laughs> right whatever um but people don't like change so you know i again street fighter 5 would say check out that soundtrack check out if nothing else if you take a few things check out g poison and zeku's themes um from this show i think you'll en- everybody could probably enjoy those um and the last weird one i want to throw out there and i think uh kelsey will know this one is blue dragon right blue dragon oh, yeah. has a has a cool cool soundtrack yeah. but you have to listen to the boss music in blue dragon if you it's like this out of the blue out of nowhere hard yeah. metal track that plays <laughs> just like, i don't remember that you don't remember it again oh my god! Like, i played that game and finished it oh yeah but like all of blue dragon it's just like it's mm. your standard kind of final fantasy you know kind yeah. of very yeah. symphonic and and also when you fight yeah. these bosses it's like this it's like this really crazy hard rock like song and you're going where did this come from yeah uh but it's really good (laughs) it's just like and there's nothing else it's like there's no other like like, that death metal song that comes in in uh the beginning of final fantasy 10 like that like and then there's like like a grunty guttural like 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 death metal singer and you're like what the hell game did we just get into and then that song plays then and then at the very end of the game at what should be like this like pinnacle of like emotion and like you're <laughs> no no spoilers and it's like uh it's like a family mo- like no spoilers but it's a family moment and it's really big and it's tense and it's tough and it's like okay i love you yeah i know we have to do this okay and it's like Duh. <laughs> it's like no it's, it's the wrong song it's seriously like <laughs> for a, this time yeah, with blue dragon you're playing the whole game everything's like that but every time you find a big boss it's just like rob halford comes out of nowhere it's like yeah <laughs> and you're just going all right this is it let's do it so uh, so 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 real, to backpedal just for a second you mentioned on on street fighter 5 that they would like you know bring a person in like hey you do a yep. track you do a track are these people that are like typical game composers or they're bringing in like artists that are like hey you we like your single or whatever you do i this. don't know how they find them i mean like uh like ed's theme is kind of like this street uh, kind of uh like kind of a rap kind of thing it's got lyrics mm-hmm. and everything which is very uncommon mm-hmm. for like a fighting game theme but it's good right. um yeah. it kind of reminds me of some sort of I mean, i'm not i'm just gonna admit i'm not a modern rap listening person but kind of like, like some kind of like an sure. m kind of a song you know what i mean okay um with like that driving kind of beat and the lyrics which you're like wait a minute there's lyrics to a street fighter right, song right right but yeah it's um like for example they had something and i was just like street fighters tweeted something about like how awesome g's theme was when it came out and like the guy that composed it like replies like oh thanks so much you know and i was, I was like <laughs> dude you just wrote this yeah that's so cool yeah, was, love when that stuff cool. happens so so uh before uh uh before we, we move forward to Krabby, um when you mentioned blue dragon it made me think of something that makes me ashamed that it wasn't already on my list but i have to mention the criminally underrated lost odyssey oh, yeah. um, both as a game and a soundtrack mm-hmm. this is a oh uh, th- this is a masterpiece uh, that 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 like and it's weird because when you mention it around people who have played it everybody universally is like oh man like more people need to play this music story uh game systems 
um you know just like 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 every piece of it like insanely good i i don't know what the deal is as far as like you know like the rights or like you know if this if this could get you know like updated or remastered or remade and it's not like it doesn't work on my xbox or my xbox one um because it's back compat uh but oh man a lost odyssey is a game that if you're a jrpg fan especially like that style um just you know music wise gameplay wise like whole like i threw it on like not even that long ago which is why it's more embarrassing that it wasn't on my list it's it holds up remarkably well uh just i can't say enough good things about it um and just the fact that it's available either digitally on the marketplace or for like you know five to eight dollars used for you to be able to play a copy but yeah unbelievably great game if uh if uh, again if you need another you know thing to sink your hours into i would echo that completely yeah i'm on board with that one too cool all right so does that wrap you up chris was there anything that's else? all for me cool yeah i'll just throw one more in and then we can move on um and i'll be quick um so this game kind of gets overlooked all across the board but just got a re-release in the switch so hopefully more people play it but tokyo mirage sessions hashtag fe uh it's like a real soft persona fire emblem crossover like it's just got a mm. little bit of elements from both it's not like uh, you're not going to see all your favorite characters in them and it's got some different systems mm-hmm. but th- this one i picked also to kind of get me out of my comfort zone as well because it's like a real hard pop game like all the the whole story is these kids are like uh trying to break into the music scene and, and play like pop music and so there's a lot of pop themes and the whole game is revolves around this musical theme so like the combat uh, you're like all on a stage and you're trying to get the crowd hyped to get uh, extra damage and stuff. Uh, really, really fun battle system. You can like link everybody's attacks together if, you, if you're working in sync. Uh, but it's just got a really upbeat, happy, like real hyper pop kind of feel to it almost across the board. There is some like dungeon crawling stuff in it that's a little more traditional, but uh, the pop stuff really stands out to me. And, and it's stuff I, I have listened to a little bit outside the game as well, uh, which is not a common thing for me to do. Uh, so I just want to give that one Tokyo Mirage Sessions uh, a little shout out. So just quick persona note, as long as we're on it, you saw what was a uh, big persona <laughs> announcement for they PC officially players. officially killed the Vita today. That's right. There's <laughs> no more reason to own one. It's gone. <laughs> So yeah, so we got Persona 4 Golden just surprise dropped on uh, Steam. So uh, uh, it was rumored. Um, sev- you know, several sources had reported it, but not only was it one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, it's coming to Steam. It's like, oh, like in one minute, you know, it'll yeah. be on Steam. So yeah, Persona 4. And so I was actually surprised. Uh, I thought I might hear a little bit more Persona from you. We had talked before about um, like when Persona 5 uh, on vinyl was available. And you said to me, like, yeah, like, I don't, you know, I don't dislike the music, but it's not my favorite music from a Persona game in 5. Just with Persona in general, I, like, when I'm playing the games, they fit it fits. so yep. hard. Like, it's really yep. a big part of those games, and it helps me get into them. I hate mm-hmm. listening to it outside of the game other than, like, two or three tracks. Like, it's just not just, something that just I Just very with. jazzy, right? Jazzy is too modern. Like, I, yeah. I like the Velvet Room theme, which is, like, mm-hmm. persisted since the oh, first yeah, game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good uh, point. That's very uh, unique. Uh, some of the battle themes I really like, but, like, none of the uh, the relationship themes or the, like, wandering mm-hmm. around town or the different shops. Like, they just don't transcend the game for me. Yeah, it makes complete sense knowing what I know about your musical taste. It makes sense. 
So like when you're in that world, it helps you get there, but outside the world, it's doing nothing. Yeah. It, it all feels right while I'm playing the game. Like it's, yeah, these mm. kids would be listening to this, like this shop mm. should sound this way. It all fits like it should. It's right. just not something I want to listen to when I'm not in that world. Gotcha. Well, very good. So I think that wraps up. Uh, we're just, we're just pushing like 110 minutes. So I think we're doing pretty good. Um, so that was actually the biggest chunk of, uh, of, uh, you know, the, um, the albums we wanted to talk about was those, um, uh, what do you call it? Those kind of like underrated uh, modern ones. So uh, I did want to have just like a couple of, this is more like kind of like the honorable mention type ones. Um, and this kind of ties into some of the listener questions we got. So this, this may end up uh, kind of tying back later, but I wanted to talk about, uh, so a soundtrack you'd most want to per- see performed live. Uh, we can also talk about any soundtracks we have seen performed live, which is another question that we got from a few people that we'll get to. But uh, uh I was wondering if anything like jumps out at you as you're playing as like, Oh man, like this, this from a live band would be unbelievable. I'll make it short and sweet. Everything I really like is mostly orchestral. So um, Mm. yeah, I mean, a lot of those titles I mentioned, if somebody was like, yeah, we're going to have an orchestra play these Mm. themes, you know, come out um, to a theater. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mm. But most of the stuff I listen to for more modern things is, it's not going to be the kind of music that a band would play. I mean, maybe the eight bit tune stuff, but I know a lot of bands do that. It's, I mean, it's good. It's just kind of, it's just the eight bit tunes again. All right. What do you got crab? Um, so I went with an orchestral one and a more traditional band one. I have an answer for both. So if we're going orchestral, I want to see that Octopath Traveler soundtrack mm. in full. Like I'll sit there for three hours if, if that's what it takes. <laughs> it's so good. Like there's so many tracks in there that just I, I would love to see see them live. Uh, and to go with a more modern band, like just like a four or five piece rock band. Uh, there's a there's an old shoot 'em up for the Turbo CD and Sega CD called Lords of Thunder, and it's just got this really <laughs> wicked metal soundtrack through it. Um, yeah. And I would love to see that live. Like, so if if a band like Power Glove or Vomitron or someone uh, got on stage and did that whole album, like I, I would be really into that. Okay, words out of my mouth. So spoiler alert, it's it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, that, that's, that's awesome. Great answer is, uh, so what I was going to say for this, so I, I kind of had a few for this, but what I'll do is I'm going to save a few of these for ones, uh, cause a lot, a lot of the things I wrote down are, are things that I have seen live that, and some of them were like ones I was really looking forward to that I knew would be awesome. And some were ones that like were totally unexpected and then it happened. And I was like, I never would have thought that would have been like the absolute coolest video game live song that I've ever seen. So I'll, I'll save those for questions. Uh, so the one that I'll mention um, as far as like one that I would want to see, uh, I was a huge, huge fan of both the, the game and the music uh, for Far Cry uh, Blood Dragon. Oh yeah. Oh, I still need and, to try that one. Yeah. You've been telling and me to going that back, shot for and, a while. And, and going back to that, uh, that, you know, that well of like, you know, so there are games that like, you know, like a Mass Effect and like that, it, it just sounds like, you know, like futuristic, you know, like uh, electronic space and like, you know, a lot of synth and a lot of like, you know, just like the, the spacey sounds you would expect. So imagine that, but like, it's hard to explain because it's not a parody of itself because it's not, it doesn't go into that realm. It's, it's, it's like you got someone who is just in love with that like you know kind of like 80s terminator robocop synthy like non-orchestral music and you're like listen like we want to make that exact same thing 
it's completely self-aware. So there are a lot of moments that are like, you know, both humorous and like, you know, take itself seriously. But like, it's very, it's a very self-aware, like, you know, kind of like over the top, like 80s action, like, you know, sci-fi, like movie thing that's got VHS, you know, filters all over it. And it feels like Power Glove. We're like, we're going to take this super seriously. I, I think the band that did the music for that is also called Power Glove, but it's a different band called Power Glove. You're right. There are multiple bands called Power Glove because one of like I was actually really excited to see Power Glove because they were playing at PAX uh, one year. And I was like, oh, I hope they play Blood Dragon. <laughs> oh, and then I got that. there and like so I'm telling you, they were Instead, unbelievably they awesome. So sexy Robotnik. Yeah, but I was like, this is not the Power Glove <laughs> that I thought we were seeing. And I think I think one's Australian, but I could be wrong. Um, I think the Blood Dragon uh, one is. I think the other yeah. one is U.S. based. Yeah. So, um, but it's interesting. You said you haven't. So, um, and and Krabby, I know, like you know, first-person shooters and especially like kind of like open-world-ish type games are not really your thing. This is a really like a, a much smaller scale, kind of like a, a much. Yeah, it's like I mean, I don't I don't like putting an hour number on it, but like you know, ten fifteen, like you'd probably be done with it. Sure. Um, and I'll tell you, it's one of the absolute most amazing funniest endings ending sequences of any game really, you will ever play it's, it's really good. <laughs> and just thinking about it makes me want to fire it up after this yeah. call it's so good and i really want to say something about it but i really don't want to spoil anything it's so cool and so funny um but yeah and and just the fact that it's michael Bean. So it's like, you know, it's it's that self-aware that like they have them in there doing stuff and just like the laser and just like everything's blue and pink and purple. The music they got to go it's in very, here, like there are times when it's like, very, like synth, it sounds synth like a, kind of. Yeah, I mean, this, it sounds like a mix that, between like Chariots thing, of so. Fire. Yeah, it sounds like a mix between like Chariots of Fire and Blade Runner. Just with like, like, it's just so cool. Um, but yeah, so if I could see the correct version of Power Glove uh, playing uh, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. That would be my my pick for this one. That's good stuff. So, so, yeah, so, there, so there's a journey. Um, so uh, so we wanted to have another spot. Um, and again, this kind of ties into some of the questions we got, so it might reference uh, back to this. But uh, I wanted to uh, talk about licensed soundtracks that we love. Um, because, you know, it's great to have an original piece, but um, we talk a lot about how well does the music fit the game. And this is where it gets interesting because there is music in here that I think fits the game really well that I can like jam and rock out to while I'm in this game. And if I heard it outside and I've heard it outside the game and I'm like, yeah, no, like I remember when I played that in the game, but it's just not something that like hits me the same way outside. So are there any uh, uh, licensed soundtracks that you guys have that uh, come to mind that you uh, that you adore? Uh, yeah, I, I can too. make it really short if I can just, right. I'll sure. do my thing and duck out of the way. So I, mean, I really don't. Um, the only thing I would just say real quick is I want to thank, I think it was one of the Project Gotham Racing games for introducing me to LCD Sound System. Um, but um, it was one of the tracks on that radio thing, you know, that would just go through. Yep, yep. Uh, and which I really liked. But outside of that, I mean, that's the most time I ever usually even hear stuff like that would be in some racing game, and I don't play very many. So that's all I got. It's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned racing games. They're going to make an appearance in my list here in a few <laughs> <I've>, minutes. <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> so it's funny. My one of my best friends' uh, favorite bands uh, is uh, LCD oh, yeah. Sound System. Um, awesome. Sees them a ton. Has a ton of the records. Is always talking about them. Um, yeah, just just huge fan. And she's uh, uh, you know, she doesn't like preach it. She's not like, oh, you have to listen to LCD. She's just very comfortable loving it mm -hmm. herself. But uh, but yeah, it's something to hear from enough people that uh, 
that it's 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 great that uh, Project Gotham was able to bring you two together. There you go. <laughs> All right, Krabby, what do you got? Uh, so to be totally on character, uh, Brutal Legend. Uh, that Ooh, is that. my favorite licensed soundtrack by a very large margin. It's It's got an insane amount of metal in it, and it is obviously curated by someone who who loves these bands like it's like it's got judas priest in it it's got black sabbath it doesn't have like paranoid in it it doesn't have Mm -hmm. like uh you got another thing coming like they cut into like tracks that fans really like for a lot of these bands Mm. they got some like death metal in there they got some like demo Borgir. uh they got some like old deep cuts like Candlemass, uh some anvil it's really really varied across the board and and they're really really good tracks uh almost straight <laughs> through uh the game has uh rob halford from priest does a voice in it uh lemmy from motorhead does that's a voice. right uh, lita ford does a character uh so they have songs from all those bands too and same thing it's not the like radio play ones like it's like good mm. solid tracks from those bands so that that soundtrack's fantastic um and and like it's got a lot of my favorites and it's missing some some big ones too though i don't know if there is some some issues but like there's no iron maiden in it which is a big uh, omission for for the genre and like ronnie james dio but uh it hits a lot of the right spots and there's a lot of variety there's some modern stuff too um as well as like some proto metal stuff even like they go way back to like bread fan and like Mm. yeah there's there's some really cool stuff to to be seen and most of it's unlocked when you start the game but you have to do you have to earn some of the tracks in the game too so uh another mention for brutal legend it's one of the most creative intros uh to a game like ever made it like opens up with this like live action jack black like sneaking you into like (laughs) a record store to like find this and it's it's just like full screen fmv you're like I guess I'm playing the Sega CD game now. And then like, he like finds this and it takes him a while and he finally finds it and opens it up. And like, that's the title screen. It was like, okay, you got me. It's so, that's so good. cool. Yeah. I, but I yeah, I remember I, t- I forgot cause I, uh, uh, cause brutal legend, um, I not being as big a metal fan as you, but I remember, you know, you can, you can pick out like some of these voices, you know, like when, when you start hearing some of these guys and I'm like, Oh, that was so cool that they were able to get some of these guys to be voices in the game. Totally. And I wonder how that went. If they're like, Hey, Listen, we're making this like metal video game. <laughs> I yeah, I can't imagine. Like, I think Rob Halford's pretty open to like, yeah, if you're promoting me and, and it's in good fun, like I'll do it. Uh, so he mm-hmm. got like a boss character, which was really neat. But I, I don't know how that conversation would go with like Ozzy. Like, does he even know what a video game is? Like, it's, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, uh, they, they they woke him up. Uh, like, here are your lines. Okay. They, they had like his whole family in it. They were like a, a family of bats. Um, so like, his wife and kids are, are characters in it too. It's really weird. Oh, that's great. We could understand Ozzy. It would just have to all be said subtitles. So. I play everything yeah. subtitles. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, our our good buddy uh, Anthony Isret, um, we we've had this discussion on Twitter where like, yeah, he's like, no matter what, subtitles. And I forget if, it, if for him it came from uh, a need for like, you know, if you can't repeat something and like something loud, you know, the kids, you know, bust in the room and knock a shelf over, and it's like, well, now I don't know what you know, Morden Solis said to you know Garrus, you know, so. Uh, little mass effect reference for you guys um so um but yeah i i typically have subtitles on unless i'm playing with headphones i hate subtitles but i'll let you i'll let you guys have them. i'll let you have them. I, appreciate everything. it i watch tv movies everything My, with subtitles 
everything. My wife, we're wa- we're watching The Wire. My wife, uh, like, if I start an episode, she'll be over here and she'll be like, "Hey, you have to put the subtitles on because she doesn't Smart want it lady. too loud that it'll wake up the kids, especially the our seven month old." So we have it like on the lighter side and then she can read the, you know, it's more like an assist. She can hear most of the dialogue and then she checks it for like the word that she missed. (laughs) So, all right. So uh, it looks like I have a slightly longer uh, licensed soundtrack. uh, I still have a couple more. I just didn't want to. Oh yeah, go for it. Do you want to just. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So yeah, go for it. Also very much in character. uh, Guitar Hero rocks the 80s. That is I I thought we might hear. Guitar Hero. Yeah, I, so I didn't know it was going to be Rocks the 80s because it was a Guitar Hero 1 that has uh, uh, Cowboys from Hell, uh, some other uh, metal. One One's two, pretty metal, right? Both have some really solid tracks. And most of the Guitar Hero games, the further you get into them, they get more metal. Like in 3, like it's a lot of pop for the first half, but then you get like uh, Slayer and like Dragon Force and stuff near the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Rocks the 80s hits my like holy trinity it's got judas priest it's got iron maiden it's got ronnie james dio in it so right there like that's that's solid for me but i'm also a big glam guy too so i like uh, rat i like rat rats in there yeah extremes in there extreme Uh, got some uh except which i'm a big fan of um have you seen the new geico commercial i don't know if it's new but the geico commercial yeah yeah it's great um but yeah, it, it's it's just uh, it's a smaller track listing than most of the other games, um, mm-hmm. but it's my favorite. And it, it's not all metal. There's there's some like top forty stuff. There's some pop in there, uh, but they're really mm-hmm. fun. Like the Oingo Boingo song, like uh, Turning Japanese, <laughs> super fun to play. Not something I I'd normally listen to outside of that game, but I, I had all some right. good time with it. So, what's your feeling on Twisted Sister then? I'm pro Twisted Sister. Okay. Big fan of D. Schneider. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm big. Actually, that was one of the better shows I've been to. There was a band in the mid '90s called Fuel. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, they had a handful of singles, they, and I like them a lot. There's the their album Sunburn to this day is one of my favorite. Like, you know, how, like there's like good albums, but then there's like front to back. Like the entire thing is great. Fuel Sunburn is one of my favorite like front to back albums, and I went. I've seen them like three or four times back when I was young and went to concerts. And they played a show in Hartford, and Dee Snider was hosting a, a you know a radio, host a radio show out of Hartford at the time and he kind of came up on stage and it was probably pre-done everything but they were like oh let's do a song so and I hadn't heard D. Snyder sing in years I'm like I don't know if D. Snyder can still sing set of pipes that guy and dude and this this is a number of years ago and I, I know he can still sing but like so he gets up there and they played um Highway to Hell uh ACDC and it was unbelievable like he was like at, like at the end of it like that, that entire night what I remember more than anything else is like D. Snyder can still wail like nobody's business. It was awesome. So yeah, um, I was um, I never got into Twisted Sister People way back then. People remember like the like... big goofy hair and all oh, the, yeah. the makeup and clothes, and like they were quite the spectacle. But he's a really good singer as well. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They're a guitar player so, too. Yeah, like, for sure. He doesn't show off in a lot of their songs, but he just he can shred too. I remember, like on on the radio shows, they used to listen to it. Um, D used to say they used to ask him, um, so do you play guitar at all? And he's like, yeah, I play guitar. And I said, how come you don't play guitar? Like, do you play guitar in any of the records? And he was like, no, never. And he said, why? And he's like, he's like, I leave that to the guys who are good at it. You know, like I I can play a couple of chords, but like who the hell wants to hear me play four power chords? You're gonna be like, what the hell is this? It just so it's like that's what I do. I leave it to the guys who can do it, and I do what I can do, and I can sing. So. Yeah. Good for him. Kind of like when they, but yeah, he's, he's kind of like when they let Ringo awesome write dude. songs, right? 
<laughs> I still love the I, I reference that joke all the time with my wife every time one of us does something that's like the other one's like oh yay it's like the family guy joke where they're like oh and Ringer wrote a song so yeah hey guys wrote a song we're gonna put this right here <laughs> right on the fridge <laughs> so good but yeah I, I actually I, I thought I was gonna hear a guitar hero because I know you're a you're a circles guy not a rectangles guy um, but I, I had I actually looked at for... the track listing for Rock Band Metal Pack. It's bad. Yeah. It's not good. Is it? Yeah. I yeah I I never had the I never got the I got you know like the whatever like Rock Band there was like you know Expansion Pack One Pack Two but I don't think I ever got any of the themed ones. I would just get like whatever the major ones were and then like the DLC was weekly. So every you know like week or two there was like a buck ninety nine I would sure. you know get a song but yeah I, I don't remember ever looking at the metal one I, I remember I looked up, like, Rock Band Metallica is track listing as mm. well and even that like yep. I'm like Rock's eighties like tops it like for me it's got mm. better I, stuff in it but I will tell you though Rock Band's online store there's probably not a lot you can't get it's That's amazing great. yeah it's great yeah. very very good. But yes, that's. But yeah, I thought I might hear Guitar Hero, but I, I had honestly forgotten about the Rocks the '80s. So that's the best one. That's Don't a, forget. Yep. Right. Back, so P- one more license PS2. one, and then I'll throw yep. two bill. Uh, and this one will be really short because we're gonna go with Rock and Roll Racing. Oh yeah, Super <laughs> Nintendo. Wow. That is the first time I heard songs like Paranoid and Highway Star yeah. and Born to be Wild. Yeah. And I did not know they were not video game music for like 10 years. <laughs> and I heard them like the real songs on the radio or wherever. And, and I was like, why do I know this? Because I played a yeah. ton of rock and roll racing when I was a kid. And so Paranoid was like burnt into my head before I ever heard Black yep. Sabbath play it. You know, what's so funny about when you said that is um, I uh, uh, there was a video game on the genesis because the super nintendo didn't exist for us uh called maximum carnage yeah and like that game a lot and so that happened some time goes by and i get into this uh you know kind of like weird i guess you would i I don't know if it was 80s 80s or early 90s but this weird 80s or early 90s band (laughs) green jelly (laughs) jello they came on the scene with yeah, well, yeah, they were Jello, and then it was a legal thing, and then they had to be Jelly. So, um, and at some point they added like umlauts to try to get around it, and they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> You're still saying Jello, sir. So, so they, uh, but like, like they came onto the scene with the Three Little Pigs song, and if you haven't seen it, the video, the claymation video with like uh, the pigs and Rambo, and like it's really, really funny. It still holds. I showed it to Sarah just recently, actually, and um, but yeah, so I kind of not got into them, but like I became aware of them and I was like kind of, you know, listening to that stuff. And I think I got one of their albums and I was like, Oh, this is cool. And then I kind of, but I'm, I heard song and I was like, why does this sound familiar? And then I, I'm thinking about it and I can't figure it out. And then I go back and I play maximum carnage on the Genesis and like, it's set like right as you boot the game up, it's like, you know, with music by by Green Jelly and this and I was like, dude, so like the intro, like the title screen song is like a green uh jello or jelly song. And it's when you said like, Oh, I had no idea this was not just a video game song. Like hear it outside the game. That's that's wild. Yeah. It's, I, that's the only time I've ever had it happen in reverse like that. Uh, that I know. Yeah, I, I I can't I can't think of another besides that, yeah, Maximum Carnage either, so all right, well, those those are some solid ones. I I, I like those a lot. Uh, let me get my list back up here real quick. So uh, may not come as any big surprise to people who know me. I'll kind of fly through these. Um, 
I've mentioned before, um, I was really, really into the Gran Turismo games. Um, one, two, three, four, and that's kind of where I, I <clears throat> left the simulation-style racing for the more burnout-style racing. But the Gran Turismo games have um, some really, really great tracks, with Gran Turismo 2 probably being my favorite, um, that had uh, just like a couple of standouts. It was the first time I heard Rob Zombie's Dragula, which is like a song that's kind of all over the place now. Um, Filters, Hey Man, Nice Shot uh, was in that. And like a lot of these uh, are just just like imagine like, you know, like racing at night, like 200 miles an hour. And like then the song comes on. It's just so appropriate for racing. Um, one of my favorite stories about a song from that game, a band called The Cardigans that does that Love Fool uh, song. Um, they have a really, really good song called My Favorite Game. Um, and it's I, I found it in Gran Turismo, which is awesome. Years later, I found this Cardigans album, and the name of the Cardigans album is Gran Turismo. <laughs> and the song, My Favorite Game, is on this album. And I was like, oh, is this... Is this like a Synergy. is this yeah is this meta like is did this happen this way so I thought that was cool and uh, a, a classic uh, Stone Temple Pilots uh, sex type thing uh, was in that game and uh, how could you go wrong in Gran Turismo three with Kickstart My Heart uh, it's, it's yeah. how can you you know so um and then the next uh, series I wanted to mention I'll kind of do these as a whole uh, Tony Hawk uh, and and for me and this is again for me for music that I don't really listen to outside of playing these games. Uh, but like Goldfinger's Superman is like one of my favorite, like just like fun time, happy, you know, it's kind of like a rock ska band. Um, Primus's Jerry was a race car driver was in there. Rage Against the Machines, Gorilla Radio, uh, Papa Roach, Blood Brothers, which might not be familiar just by the name of it, but just put it in YouTube and you'll be like, oh, that's Blood Brothers. Um, Motorhead's Ace of Spades uh, was in that series. Um, probably the, 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 the quintessential like Tony Hawk song for me is a song called 96 Quite Bitter Beings by CKY. And it's another one of those songs that if I say that, like, oh, it's that CKY song, 96 Quite Bitter Beings, you'd be like, yeah, no idea. But if you heard it, you'd be like, oh, I never knew that was called that. Um, I could do it for you, but I, I wouldn't do it justice. Um, so that that does it for Tony Hawk. And then so I just wanted I just to want mention... I just wanted to Tony Hawk in there, too. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. That's the first time I probably played a licensed game where you could actually go in and like, turn tracks on and off. So I, yep. I would listen to each song once, give it a chance, and then like knock it off. So I'd only end up with like five or six songs in them, so they they uh-huh. look more often than they should have. But that's the yep. only time I've ever gone out and bought a CD after hearing it in a game. Uh, I think it was Tony Hawk Four. They had a, a song called "Deadly Sinners" by Three Inches of Blood that okay. I, I loved so much. I went out and bought that CD, mm. and it is one of those like <laughs> front to back, like just there's no bad tracks on it kind of albums. Oh, that's nice! One of my favorites now. And just, I may not have ever discovered that band because I've never heard anybody really talk about them beyond that game. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't say they sound familiar. And that's funny because I'm going to get to a couple that kind of happened where I discovered and then like, who are these people? And then they became like a band that I like. So that, that's crazy. Um, so, so sticking with the, um, uh, uh, the racing theme from before. So moving on to Burnout. Um, believe it or not, I never played Burnout 1 and 2. I, as For as big a Burnout fan as I am, I kind of came into the series at 3, which was uh, subtitled Takedown. And these songs were, you know, again, I've said it before, not the kind of thing I usually listen to outside this game, but it just felt so appropriate for this style of game. It was kind of like, it was like emo before it was like too emotional. It was like... Um, uh, there's a band called Sugar Cult that does a song called Memory, and it's really kind of more like pop punky than emo. 
Uh, and there's a band called Newfound Glory that has a song called At Least I'm Known for Something. And it's, again, like one of those, like, if I hear this song, like, in or out of this game, it's like, oh, that's like a Burnout 3 song. And then that got me, like, interested in paying attention to the, the soundtracks and Burnout. So then when Revenge came out, similar type feel. So um, All American Rejects, Top of the World was in there. There's a song from a band I've never heard of before. Um, the band's called uh, uh, Animal Alpha. The song's called Bundy. It's really, really good. Everyone knows Fallout Boy. Dance Dance was in that uh, game. And this is where I discovered Avenged Sevenfold. And I don't know if you like them, Krabby. They're on the heavier side. Um, I but... don't. The only the first time I heard them was Guitar Hero 2. They've got mm. a track in there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's, that's a good one. That was from the... Um... Oh, i got to remember the name of the song. Uh, the almost Harlot easy. And the Beast or something. So oh, Be- Beast and the Harlot. Beast and the Harlot. Yeah, that's the guitar yep. hero one. So yeah, that's actually the song that was in Burnout Revenge. Um, I think I'm thinking a rock band where it was uh, almost easy was the okay. Avenged Sevenfold song there. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's how I discovered Avenged Sevenfold, and I really, really love that band. Um, in Burnout Five, you have some uh, uh, Faith No More uh, with Epic is in there. Some Soundgarden is in there with Rusty Cage. Twisted Sister getting back to D. Snyder, nice. bringing it back. Um, Airborne, who I think we've talked about before, they're like this kind of like ACDC style, you know, like modern uh, take on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like, oh, so, so good. Uh, song, the song that they did from that one uh, was uh, too much, too young, too fast. And Seether is a band I hadn't heard of. They did a song called Fake It. Um, but yeah, so Burnout is where I discovered Avenged Sevenfold, who I ended up really liking. And just a super fast honorable mention to NHL 2003 that had queens of the stone age uh on the soundtrack and that's and they had no one knows on the soundtrack which is how i discovered queens of the stone age um so uh yeah also the, uh... learned about that song through guitar hero <laughs> did you really yeah. that's right it was in guitar <laughs> hero yeah are you are you i can't imagine they're super up your alley no, they're kind of no. like stoner rock it's one of those ones that it's like fun uh track to play in guitar sure. hero but yeah i've never listened yep. to it outside of that you know what's just like a surprisingly awesomely fun track to play on uh, on whatever you know, especially on drums. Um, Stone Temple Pilots plush for a for a song that I've heard like a billion times. It's just got something about that that beat where it's just it's and I can't explain it because it's it's not fast, so it's not like challenging to play. Just something about it. Every time like I actually like play it in a game, I'm like that was a lot of fun <laughs> just to play that song. So funny how that works. So uh, yeah, that, I think that's all we got for uh, for the license stuff. So it makes sense that racing games and you know sports games and you know boarding and stuff that they you know probably aren't going to put the money into orchestral <laughs> soundtracks. But uh, I want so, yeah, orchestral that, that drop kick Murphys in the twenty twenty three. Yeah, shipping up to Boston by the San Francisco uh, Symphony Orchestra. Some, some dead Kennedys in there so, somewhere. Uh, the... Yeah. Yep. <laughs> So the last little subcategory I had in here, just a real quick fun one before we get to the questions, um, soundtrack of your life. So are there any game soundtracks that you just kind of find yourself either like humming to yourself that like go along with like, you know, your mood or like when you're driving and you just find yourself like kind of, you know, revisiting this, any song from a video game that just kind of doesn't come into your head because you've heard it recently, but just because, you know, some piece of your life makes it come into your head. What do you think, Crab? I just all the time will like get a uh, track from the original Ninja Gaiden going to my head <laughs> just when I'm Ooh. bored or it's too quiet or something. That's that's what fills the <laughs> void. <laughs> 
And will you like sing it out loud or it's just like in your head? No, just in my head. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I'll, I'll whistle different tracks, but yeah, Ninja Gaiden just, it stays up here because I know I can't do it justice. It's either that the first <laughs> stage or stage, I think it's like 4-2. Uh, one of those right. two I bounce between. All right, what, do you, what do you think, Chris? Anything uh, pops into your head when you're... <laughs> Lots of things. That's how my CRTs. that's how my brain works. I mean, if you can crawl <laughs> inside my head, it's just references right. to everything. It's <laughs> yeah, just just synapses just going. But all I mean, over like places. that's you know, if, you, if there was a tape recording of my head, it'd be like a bunch of old eight bit yeah. <laughs> mostly music. But mm-hmm. uh, I would say like or sixty, but like Streets of Rage, Vampire Killer on loop. Well, just I mean Streets <laughs> of Rage too. I mean that soundtrack, mm. uh, especially like that first track, Go Straight plays in my head a lot um i'll hum it it's just comes back to me i've always loved the ninja warriors arcade game it's it's zentata does that soundtrack and it's just especially that first track forever has stuck in my head it's not the greatest game in the world but the soundtrack makes it live on inside of me Mm. and then um a lot of the final fantasy six tracks especially like that last Mm. big kefka battle yeah yep yeah, there's some good tracks. I don't love that soundtrack as a whole, but it's got some really like strong moments in it. And sometimes, I mean, I don't know if you guys are like, just, sometimes when things are going on, like, do you have like a Final Fantasy battle music thing that will just jump into your head? <laughs> just the the bass line oh, yeah. from like the original and the do 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 do. Yeah, right. Yeah, I yeah I I have well if if you're finished I'll just go because that was gonna kind of lead into it. But like when you when you just made started doing that bass line. I will have the Mega Man boss theme pop into my head at like any ran like you know like especially if like there's conflict like if like my kid like looks at me and like throws a spoon in the ground like I'm not eating breakfast I'm like we're gonna have a fight <laughs> so uh, that's that's one that pops in um, since we did South Park Stick of Truth with the uh, playcast if you've played the game or for anyone who's played the game as you're just exploring the world, they kind of have this like, you know, kind of very jovial kind of like exploration, like dun, 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 just like kind of like walking around. But Cartman will like sing over it with these kind of like, like, uh, like chants almost like in, a, in like a Skyrim type language, like, and it'll be like, San Tus. <laughs> and I'll just find myself like humming those things. Like as I'm like walking around the yard, like dun, 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 after dun. I played that game, just randomly for like months, I would get that little jingle when you find the characters when it's like Chin Pokemon, <laughs> yeah, Pokemon. Yeah, and I, and I couldn't wait to find because I would see one on the screen and I'm like, it's about to happen. <laughs> it's gonna, he's gonna say the thing. I'm like, Sarah, come in here. And then, and it was kind of like they played it like, like the quality of it almost sounded like it was like a little like a radio, like it wasn't like completely like high quality. <laughs> but yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It was super exciting to hear that sound. Yeah, so I good. Do, oh. Yeah, there are times when things will happen, or I, or I get things, and I and that whole like Mega Man to like get equipped with thing goes off in my head. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, or or like um. So if if you ever played um, uh, The Legend of Zelda, uh, sometimes when you discover like a secret uh-huh. and you got that da 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 da, yeah. and that's become like you know like if you you know you like you're looking for something and then you just open up a drawer. <laughs> and uh the other one i like is from darksiders which is very much a zelda game when you there's a similar song for like when you unlock a secret but it's very simple it's just like dun 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 and that's like your 
cue that you've like done something so that one will pop in too but yeah i wanted to mention a south park uh, stick of truth that's been like one of the the recent ones um other than that it, it is kind of stuff that's just in my head from like what i've been playing recently um so like you know random you know like final fantasy 7 tracks or you know like you, like you said before like battle themes um i was talking to crappy crabby before we started recording about full throttle um uh the the lucas arts uh, tim schaefer uh, adventure game that has like some some pretty great tracks in it and it's not just like the like the rock music that's in it but the music when you're just c- trying to like solve an adventure game puzzle where it's just kind of like you know like very it's it's you're in a desert and like it's very like kind of like downtrodden it's like Boom, boom. Like there's, it's just a lot of like kind of like dead air and like just little melodies over it. So that's the, kind of the stuff that'll like pop into my head when like my brain's kind of like, you know, if there's nothing going on, like it'll kind of pop into song like that. So I thought that'd be a fun one to to kind of throw in there. So we're through soundtracks. We're through uh, the license stuff. We got a little little funny with the soundtracks of our life. Uh, we are we're going pretty good. So how about you guys? Uh, what do you say we get to some listener questions here? Yeah, there's some really fun ones. I'm excited to see which ones you can pick. Really good ones. So um, a couple of these um, we've we've kind of uh, gone through, but uh, I would like to give Krabby uh, the chance on this first one from our good friends at the RF Gen uh, Playcast. When Krabby was on their show, uh, he mentioned that he listens to heavy metal. So what games have the best heavy metal soundtrack? So you, you've talked about this a little bit. Yeah, I don't need to go long on this one. So I, I wasn't sure if he meant licensed or if he meant original music. Mm. So if he's looking for the best licensed ones, I'd say Brutal Legend and Guitar Hero Roxy 80s are, are my favorite too. Uh, but if he's looking for original metal style soundtracks, uh, go to that Lords of Thunder that I mentioned briefly earlier, and also check out Terminator for Sega CD, the first Terminator game, not not T2. Uh, Tommy Tallarico did all this like heavy metal like guitar work on it, and I th- I've heard I don't I haven't confirmed it, but I think it's the first uh, video game on a console that has an actual live instrument recorded on it that's like ever came out to, uh, for production. Um, so it's kind of iconic that way, but really, really awesome tracks on there. Like really good. And they also got like the Terminator theme when you start up the game. It sounds awesome. Cause they got that mm. you know, like red book audio back then. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Terminator Lord's thunder. Check those two out. If you want something a little, a little heavier. Awesome. Now. So that question was directed to Krabby, but, uh, Chris, if you have any heavy metal soundtracks that you would like to recommend, Blue Dragon. I will also listen that one song. Yeah. From blue dragon. Check that out. Um, uh, no, I, I would probably, you know, uh, guitar hero Metallica, you know, there's nothing like getting the chance to play Orion. You know, there's some really good tracks and not just the Metallica ones. There's some good tracks from other bands on there too. Mastodon's in there. And yeah, there's, there's some other stuff. Yeah. I forgot about that. The Merciful Fate medley that Metallica does is really, really killer. That's one of my favorite ones to play in Guitar Hero. Yeah. And one thing I forgot about that game is, is a lot of times um, when you hit like a really low note in Guitar Hero Metallica, they add like this like screen shake effect. And the first time I noticed it was in Sad But True when you know because there's the intro where it's like nah, 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 nah. but then like it goes kind of silent and it's like bah, 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 bah. and then you hit that first low note and it's like Bruh, like the entire screen shakes and i was like oh yeah like now <laughs> we're into it so yeah. i thought that was really the cool. real truth though is um whatever version of rock band you got and then you you buy rest in peace and you play that album straight 
that's true. That's, <laughs> that's the truth. One of the best. Yeah. Well, very good. So, uh, so yeah, so there's a little bit of metal. So um, I'm not entirely sure what our buddy Engineer Mike is asking about this, but maybe uh, Duke will know. He's asking, what do you think of secret record labels and how many do you belong to? Now, I thought maybe he was talking about, like, bootleg. That's was um, my hunch, too, but I'm not sure either. That's what I'm guessing. It might, it might be a... Uh, might be a, a, you know, if, if that's what he's referring to, um, I mentioned before, I'm on uh, the video game uh, vinyl subreddit um, and like a couple other uh, subreddits um, just to do with vinyl, just to kind of get notified of releases and different things like that. And a lot of them have like a sticky post right at the top. And it's like, you know, regarding bootleg releases. And the tricky thing with bootleg releases um, is, you know, you don't own the rights to that thing. So they're kind of frowned upon. Um, and also like... Uh, it's it's if it's someone doing some covers that's one thing but if it's and those uh like if you start if you look at like remixes and you know like piano collections piano covers like those can be interesting but if someone's like taking the music from the game and like like gorilla pressing it to like uh you know a release and sending it out there um that's not something that i'm interested in i'm not sure if that's exactly what he's asking here well, if, but, if uh, he is um which i, I think he might be because back uh when nintendo age was still a thing uh there was a guy that started a business called moonshake records yeah that was the one i was gonna and, mention moonshake that's exactly what bill's talking about where he was pressing things he didn't have the right suit but he was making like the best covers because he would like take this really iconic like rock album like something from like david bowie or the clash and he'd mm. put Mega Man or uh, <laughs> uh, Castlevania, like, and he'd make them into this really cool mashup. And then he'd just like press like the Mega Man Two record. Or the, uh, mm. So I actually have two copies of Mega Man Two from that pressing, and I was getting like email <laughs> updates from him for like a couple years after that. And there was a couple more I almost got, but I, I never mm. ended up actually purchasing any more from him. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No. So so if, if if that's what he's asking, yeah, I've I don't have I don't own anything like that. Um, I wouldn't be like completely opposed to it depending on, you know, like what it was, but, uh, yeah, typically I'm only, you know, looking at uh, official releases personally. So same for you. Uh, Well, that's all crabby mentioned. What I was going to bring up is that whole weird record scene that existed on Nintendo age for a while. There were a couple of those going on and it was kind of like, what? It was the first one, but I think there was, yeah, two or three by the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he also asked, uh, do your spouses share this part of your hobby? Uh, My spouse shares in nothing that goes on on this show. (laughs) If it's it's talked about here, (laughs) she is not interested. Video games and my wife are... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my, I think I mentioned before, my wife plays Animal Crossing because it relaxes her and she likes it. But like, besides that, she's like, go have fun with your friends. So, and we, we do, um, I, uh, we do have coffee, like one of our, like, you know, favorite times is like, it's one of our only alone times, quiet times before any of the kids are up. We get up between like six, six thirty uh, most days and we'll have coffee for like a good hour, uh, just, you know, before the kids get up. So a lot of times we'll put on a record in the morning when we do that, like low enough so that it won't wake anybody up. So I'll put on video game music sometimes because I have a handful of video game vinyls and that'll be part of our, you know, kind of like time together. But she's never heard a track and been like, oh, this is when, you know, the the guy kills the guy in the the spaceship, you know, the the urine bag and the baby. (laughs) 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 Oh, this is when Norman Reedus uh, throws the urine baby bag at uh, what's the funky director's name? Uh, Kojima. No, his friend, the movie director, Guillermo del Toro, oh, right? <laughs> or Mads Mikkelsen. 
I can't wait to see Mads Mikkelsen in this uh, game. I love Mads Mikkelsen. But yeah, so to answer your question, yeah, our spouses are in another zip code right now. Um, uh, so we got uh, uh, our very good friend, Adam uh, Bickley, Bickman2K, um, who you guys may have seen uh, on social media today, uh, sent me some laser discs that we've been, um, he'd had me for me for a while. He was just trying to, you know, get a box uh, together. Sent me a very nice, uh, very touching note with those as long as like a little like wood engraved card, uh, carved uh, RF generation uh, uh, sticker. So awesome dude. Great guy. We've talked about him before, but super cool dude. Um, he asked, what good game could be pushed to great if the soundtrack was better? Now, this is a really dangerous question because there are a lot of games that are great, but like they don't put, you know, you don't put money into sound and a, a related joke on this. Someone on Twitter recently, like a game designer, put up this like big flow chart of like, these are all the complications of like what it takes to make a game. And it was like, you know, like narrative and bug bug checking and this and online and net code. And there was like a billion things on it. And they, they put it out there to, you know, like this is how complicated it is to make a game. And a sound designer replied to it and it says, you can tell that a game dev uh, made this chart because they forgot about the audio. Oh. <laughs> so that's like even the joke in the industry is like the audio is always like just something that like they oh that just happens right like sound effects and music like they just happen and no they don't so what good game can be pushed to great if the soundtrack was better he also asked for favorite specifically game composers and who are some of your favorite cover bands video game cover bands so this is where i was going to put some of that my stuff that uh i've seen some bands live but i'll give you guys a chance to answer game that would be great if the soundtrack was better and any favorite game composers so i'm gonna tease easy racer who asked the next question and say uniracers would be a far better game if it had a better soundtrack <laughs> it's i really really like that game but other than the title screen i don't think the music's very good so well what I, what what Weren't you what were you recently playing on the NES that uh, I, I pinged you? I was watching a YouTube video and I was like, dude, I've had this on in the background at work for like hours and the music is just grating on me. Was that was maybe was that... maybe? Yeah, it might have been that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, it's, that's a tough one because like it's almost like you don't know how great the soundtrack is until you hear it. Right. I, yeah. I could go back to Demon Souls. Um, you know, mm. you could tell but what so, they so wanted to do. It's like they just didn't have the budget. But it budget. stands out at you as a, as a subpar uh, audio I experience mean, or soundtrack Yeah, because it wants to be at that big production mm. level. And it's like you can tell, like, yeah, the budget kind of wasn't there. <laughs> so yeah. it's like it, it's it's not bad. But, yeah, like you say, it could push it to great. Um, and I imagine with the right. remake, we probably will see a a redoing of all of that choice yeah yeah um so yes as far as that's that's a tough question it's hard to answer that one um uh as far as favorite game composers um one that comes right to mind is darren korb um he did uh he he's pretty much like super giant um so bastion pyre um uh uh hades uh which is uh one of the newer ones um like you know it's acoustic um there's there's vocals throughout a lot of his games and he sings um on most of the uh even if he's not like the one who sings on the recorded version he does concerts like they did super giant in concert at pax east this year and he sang like all the tracks and he had a female um accompaniment with him um so darren korb stands out as one of my favorites uh, even though he pretty much does super giant 
And it's hard not to mention, um, uh, I'm going to butcher the name, I'm sorry, but Nobuo Uematsu uh, of Final Fantasy fame and many others. Mm -hmm. It's just hard to find something that he's done that isn't just like, not just a great piece of music, but just fits so perfectly in the world um, that they've uh, given him. And I think I read somewhere, um, I used to have this book uh, that was kind of like the, like just with the interviews and the history. It wasn't the 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 one you were talking about last week, uh, Chris, with the uh, the Ultimania guides, but it was, um is, is the artist name Yoshitaka Amano yeah. mm -hmm. or something similar like yep. that? Yeah. So he does the concept art and has done the art for Final Fantasy for yep. years. Um, I think that's uh, he's referenced that artwork as a big place of inspiration for him to get into the world and into the setting for for the game he's he's working on. But yeah, he's he's one that immediately comes to mind um, for uh, for game composers for sure. Yeah, I would say with Uematsu, because like going back to, I think he did like uh, uh, dang it, we just mentioned on the Xbox 360 the. Uh, Mass Effect? No, or... the one you just brought up. No, the one you just brought up. Uh, the RPG from Mistwalker. Lost Odyssey? Lost Odyssey. Right. I think he yep. did that. Yep. That one. Did that. And yep. I will tell you if I don't know if I would necessarily recommend that you play the game, uh, unless that's your thing, but Final Fantasy Eleven has an awesome soundtrack. So mm. yeah. Uh, Omatsu does great stuff. Nice. Um cool. my, and then so my oh, pick go ahead. Yep. is David Weiss. Um who did he hasn't done stuff like recently but he did like donkey kong country uh he did all the wizards and warriors games on the nes oh, battle toads uh rc pro-am uh like pretty much if it's on the nes and it wasn't japanese like developed and it has yep. a good soundtrack it's probably this guy there's so many good ones he did mm. and even terrible games like time lord have really cool music in them because <laughs> he did the music for them yeah, so he's he's one of my favorites. I I love listening to his NES stuff uh, almost across the board. Even like real simple like black box games like Slalom, he did the music for, and Slalom's mm. like got the best music of any black box. Game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got composers, and now so just a, a couple uh, video game cover bands. Um, so I'll mention just a handful uh, that I've seen live uh, that were just just fantastic. Um, so with um. With uh, going to PAX East and with having Retro World Expo and with, uh, you know, going to MAGFest, I've, I've seen kind of my share of uh, game bands. And um, uh, one of the first ones I saw that made a big impact was one called The World is Square. And they're called that because they do music from Square games primarily. Um, but uh, I walked, so it was the first year going to PAX East and it was, I really, really wanted to go to the, are, the concerts. Are they purists? Like, will they not touch Enix games now too? No, they'll, yeah. I, well, to be honest, I can't think of a game they've done beyond that they've covered like beyond like some of the older stuff like right. like seven eight like maybe some nine stuff but yeah i'm not sure if they if they go that far i should look but yeah so i really wanted to go to the concerts my wife was like not feeling great in the hotel and the people we went with they're like oh we're gonna go to bed and two friends who are very good friends of mine now but i only knew them like just kind of as acquaintances at the time they're like oh we're at the concerts come meet us here and i walk in and the world is square is like just starting out one of my favorite songs from Chrono Cross. They're playing uh, Scar of Time, which is just very, very early on in the game. It's like the intro, um, like cinematic uh, for when you first boot the game up. It's to this day, one of my favorite uh, game songs. And they're just like, they're they're wailing. It's so good. And the coolest thing about it is like, it's not some like big, huge band. It's like 
two acoustic guitars, a bass, some drums, and you know, like it's they they just destroyed it. It was so good. Um, so the world is square, and I've seen them a bunch more times. I've met them a handful of times at future shows, packs, and too many games. But yeah, world of square is awesome. Uh, lucky enough to see Bit Brigade a few times. Um, I saw and Bit Brigade. If you don't know, they have one dude who plays through um, usually a Nintendo game. Uh, he's like he's like a savant. He's he's like ridiculous, uh, great at the game, and the band plays the soundtrack of the game as he's playing the game. So first time I saw them do this, I believe it was Metroid, which was amazing. It's uh, another one of my favorites. Um, I've seen them. Uh, so I saw them at Magfest. I saw them at PAX. I've seen them do Ninja Gaiden, and I've seen them do Mega Man Three. Um, so, but yeah, unbelievable. And I think Rich has mentioned them uh, on the Playcast. I don't know if that's one that got canceled, that he had tickets for, and it got rescheduled, or if he ended up seeing them or not. I think it was like right around the time that things started going wonky. Um, but yeah, Bit Brigade is awesome. Uh, there's a band that we had at the first year of Retro World Expo called On Being Human, and they're um, they're fantastic. And uh, it was a very it was a pretty small room, like it was late at night. A lot of I guess a lot of people didn't know we had concerts, so it was kind of like a sparse uh, uh, like area. And my friend John from um, uh, from uh, uh, Retroware TV, he knew them, and we're standing there, and they're kind of like, oh, like who wants to hear something? And I was just chatting with John, and he was like, they do, like, one of the best covers of this Final Fantasy X song. And I said, Final Fantasy X is my favorite. Like, what do they do? And he just yells at them. He's like, hey, yo, play play Silence Before the Storm, Final Fantasy X. So they were like, oh, okay. So they play this arrangement of this song from Final Fantasy X. And, like, it's, I'm telling you, unlike anything I've ever heard, they, like, took the song from the game, and they kind of, like, made it, like, metal. And it's not metal. But then, so they started off like super thrashy metal, but then it kind of like, there's a part of the song that calms down and it's very melodic and it's like, oh, cool. And then they go back to it and it's like metal again. But like every time they go back and forth, they're like building it up and building it up. And then like, by the time they like bring it all together, it was like one of those goosebump moments that happens where like when they brought it together, I remember just turning John and going, oh my God, <laughs> it was so cool. And like after the, sh the set was over, I went up on stage because, you know, John knew him and everything and probably like just a big, dumb, stupid idiot. I just gushed at them for like 10 minutes on stage about how that was like one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life and the arrangement and how great it was. Bought the CD. It was so good. Um, it's on their album called uh, The Humans Are Coming. Uh, so, yeah, On Being Human. Uh, fantastic. Fantastic one to see live. Saw Power Glove, not the Australian. Yeah, the good uh, one. Uh, the good one. Far Cry one. Yeah. Dude's awesome. Um, just that so thrashy and just smiling and just like, Oh, the whole time is just such a cool guy. Um, but yeah. Uh, so those are just some off the, uh, off, off my list of ones of video game cover bands that I really, really like. And, um, I've gotten to see a uh, video game orchestra several times. They've been to PAX East a few times. And one of the, a couple of the songs that you like, I just would yeah, like, yeah, it's a good song, but like, how could that be, you know, like one of the coolest things ever just the regular old street fighter two theme song, like with like the two dudes, just like, you know, getting ready to fight and like scrolling up to the, uh, the billboard. Um, and it wasn't just like a, it, so this is like a 30, 40 piece orchestra, but they play with kind of like more like a rock focused orchestra. So there's like a drummer, there's multiple guitar players. Um, and they had like an electric, uh, like violent violinist and like a flautist. And they were going like back and forth doing the, 
So like they're playing like this rock, like and like like and it's just this big rock theme. And then what you would expect to be like a guitar solo for like the main like high part, they had like on like the flute and the violin, but like it's electric, so it's just like a little bit different than like anything you would expect to hear. And they kind of like went off and did like these you know different solos and stuff. And like by the time it was over. I was like that was one of the coolest damn things I've ever seen is uh, the video games orchestra Street Fighter uh, uh, cover, and uh, Build That Wall. Uh, they did a cover of uh, Build That Wall from the Bastion soundtrack, and I, I'm telling you, I've never heard like you know people that that expression like oh like they brought down the house. I will never say that about like any other performance I've ever seen. When they when they played Build That Wall and they had this female uh, vocalist who like everything dropped out and she acapella like sang this thing like as perfectly as you could sing like at the top of her lungs when they were done like the whole place like everybody was just like shook how good it was but yeah so sorry to go off on a little bit of a uh <laughs> of a piece there but i've seen some really good been lucky enough to see some really good uh video game uh, theme shows and cover bands and yeah those are good times hopefully we can get back to some concerts uh, once the uh the scene opens back up again I think that one at the first Retro World Expo is when Krabby and, and me and the rest of us all went to get pizza. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I missed most of it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like the oh, last and you know who like, was there? potato pizza. You know who was there? World of Square was there too. <laughs> uh, that's Yeah, I forget. Yeah, because it, it was. It was late in the day. And I was like, yeah, sorry, guys. I can't go. And I think you guys came back while yeah. we were watching the show and you handed me a box of yep. pizza. <laughs> yep. That was fun. I forgot about that. That's great. So yeah, good Mash, times. Mash so yeah, so that pizza. that was from. Yeah, no, that's it's. A, it, yeah, if you're not familiar, uh, I thought it was everywhere, and then you guys told me like, no, we've never seen that outside of Connecticut. So we have mashed potato and bacon pizza here. It's a pretty common thing. So if you've never had it, it's really, really good. Yes, or it not? <laughs> it's I really, it really good. Everyone but Chris liked it. Everyone. Yes, and that tells you everything you need to yeah. know. So, um, so yeah, so yeah, uh, uh, we, we, you kind of got to, uh, uh, easy racers question of like what, what game would lose its effectiveness without the soundtrack. Um, so Tecmo Super Bowl comes to mind and then he asked about Uniracers. So, I mean, this, this is a good question. I don't know if I could point to a specific game losing its effectiveness without the soundtrack. I could point to like every game losing its effectiveness <laughs> without the soundtrack. Cause one of the things that I had in the script for this show originally was just to kind of to show how much effect a soundtrack has on a game, the, the, the easy obvious thing to do would be just to turn the volume on your TV down and then try to play the game. But that doesn't quite do it because you lose the sound effects too. So actually go into the settings of the game and turn the game music all the way off and then play it. If you can still play it and it's like, okay, like this, this game's still good. Like, you know, then the music's not really adding thing to the atmosphere, to the, you know, to the, the, the feeling, to the mood, anything like that. Um, so that's not something that, that I've done. Um, but, uh, like I, it's, it's hard to imagine any game not losing something when you pull that soundtrack out, even licensed. Cause it's not like licensed, like goes along with, you know, it's not programmed to happen like at certain times, but it's there for that mood. And if you pull that out, then you're just listening to like skateboard wheels rolling on the ground. Right. I think specifically like anything that's got like a scary vibe to it too, loses like extra, like try playing like oh. a resident evil or a silent hill or even like dark souls like chris was saying without the music swelling right. at those moments where it's supposed to increase the intensity and they're right. just boring you, you yeah. lose a lot out of them uh, but most i think most of the older like 
retro stuff you you can play it without the uh soundtrack and still have a good time uh but mm-hmm. I, I specifically put down the early castlevania games i think would lose a ton without the soundtracks um adding to that atmosphere of them playing those with the sound off i think mm-hmm. would just be a significantly worse experience i thought personally about um res and child of eden i mean those are just games yeah. why would you even play them without the soundtrack yeah. it's so integrated yeah. you can't peel those apart it's like playing yeah. beat saber with the sound off you're just cutting boxes that's weird yeah right <laughs> it's and it's 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 weird because like i'll i'll you know i don't watch a ton of twitch but like every once in a while i'll tune into a twitch channel just if it's like an event in destiny or if you're watching you know like you know whatever like you know you just throw it on and you'll see like that little box uh, you know underneath you know in the streamers you know the content person's area that like shows because of copyright, they can't play the music for you, but it like shows the people what music they're listening to. And I'm always thinking like, why are you listening to music? You know, like, why would you, why would you do that? <laughs> and, so, and like, I guess I understand for some people, it's like, listen, I play this 10 hours a day. I've heard it. I need a little variety. And like, I, I guess I understand that, but I guess like in my head, it's like, especially like in, in, in raids, like so in strikes, in, as far as Destiny 2 goes, in certain content, it's not like as important. But like in uh, player versus player, I need silence because I need to hear footsteps. I need to, you know, like like I need that sense. I need to have headphones on. And I don't think a lot of the PvP guys listen to music when they're doing that. But like the the atmospheric uh, value of the music during like a raid, especially when you're fighting a big raid boss, like I can't play it without that without that additional you know experience in there. It just it wouldn't even wouldn't even work. And I've said that before, like like during raids, I'm like, I'll just kind of hum and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, I fucking love this song. And like three guys will be like, yeah, I don't play with music on. Yeah, it'd be like doing a Final Fantasy battle with like no music. You'd just yeah. be like, I don't, okay. I don't, I don't get it. So yeah, so I'm, I'm sorry that's a long-winded way to say every game, <laughs> every game is worse without the music. Um, so, um, so yeah, I, I think... I think we got one more that I wanted to hit here. It was, um, ah, uh, yes, um, our buddy uh, uh, Thomas Blaine. So there, there's a couple things in here. So um, he says, I don't uh, often buy or listen to game music outside of video games, but it's really neat to see the resurgence of classic game music from the 16-bit era get prints on vinyl records, which we've talked about vinyl a little bit. Um, so if you guys manage to do a whole podcast dedicated to video game music and someone doesn't mention Streets of Rage 1, so I think Chris came close so two, yeah. by mentioning Streets of Rage 2. I, I, I mean, I have to say I can cheat because I run the Twitter account and I knew the question was there before, so I didn't have to mention ah, it. But yes, you're right. Streets of Rage 1 is fantastic. And I know it's got its haters. Streets of Rage 3 soundtrack is also really cool. One is I, my favorite Streets of Rage, both the hmm. game and the soundtrack out of the, yeah. the three. So I was I was talking to Krabby a bit about this before we started recording. Um, so uh, uh, I did not play Streets of Rage until like past like when like the PlayStation or I think it was when the Dreamcast was out because I remember I worked with a guy at Babbage's and I worked there after the Dreamcast came out and he would always ask like, Hey, you want to come over to my house and play Streets of Rage? I think mainly he liked three, but we played, you know, all three of them. And to me, like, it's it's a fine beat em up. Like, I got no problems with it, but like, part of it is like, I'm not huge into beat em ups, and like, 
the ones that I like are ones that I played when I was a kid. So I have like the nostalgia for it a little bit. Um, and the music's great, but like, for me, like, like it doesn't have the bite and nostalgia. So it doesn't like, you know, kind of grab me, um, like uh, it does a lot of people, but I think streets two is typically the one that people talk about soundtrack wise. When you talk about, um, you know, like, I think it's a data disc release, right? The, uh, uh the streets two vinyl. Um, but yeah, I, I know that the streets, uh, uh, you know, can be not divisive, but like there's, there's the people who enjoy one and there's the people who enjoy two. And, uh, so I, I'm not as deep into that, uh, argument. I don't have, a, a a horse in that race. Yeah. I think, you know, three is probably the only one that's a little controversial, but yeah. Mm. Cool. So, um, uh, and this is one that I wanted to mention just cause we talked about, uh, uh, licensed music. This is a follow-up from Thomas Blaine. So he's talking about um, aside. To, uh, so altered music or changed music in games, especially as uh, with licensed music. So an example would be um, the Crazy Taxi games, originally featuring music from The Offspring, uh, which is a band I like very much, and then later ports missing out on that iconic soundtrack. So obviously you have licensed music that was originally in a game. They couldn't figure the licensing out. So they replaced it with whatever else they could, but you know, how much of that, like for me, a lot of that original experience was like firing up the game and hear an offspring. If you just hear some generic, you know, like fast, you know, punky type rock band, I would probably, you know, even though the game's the same, like the music is that much a part of an experience for me. So um, that's a really good example with the offspring and uh, the recent um, announcement of the Tony Hawk 1 and 2 remaster, one of the first things people asked when it was announced was like, okay, do you have the soundtrack? Because everybody remembers, you know, the the songs that they were playing on that. And very quickly they were like, listen, like we have most of it and we're going to like reveal like what we have soon. And there are some omissions, you know, that people uh, wanted to have in there. But I thought it was uh, uh, interesting enough to, uh, uh, to mention that... Uh, if he didn't give the example, the example I would have given would have been Crazy Taxi as a big Offspring fan. And I know how often Chris uh, sings that uh, yeah, 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 whenever. I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole part of the song <laughs> yeah. you need to know. Yep, that's the whole, that's the intro and the outro, I believe. So, <laughs> But yeah, do you guys have any uh, thoughts on uh, altered soundtracks, especially when uh, when a game has to get you know ported or re-released? Or uh, to, to extend from that, what do you think of remastering soundtracks that you already know and love? And they're like, oh, we're going to go back and we're going to, we're going to George Lucas it. <laughs> now with symbols. It's tricky. But like I said, like one of my favorites are those uh, Sega games, the uh, Project Cross Zone and uh, Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed. Right. They that take were, old yeah, tracks yeah. and totally redo them. And they're really good. So mm. I don't know. I guess in the hands of the right person, I love it. But I, I'm always scared it's not going to be in the hands of the right person. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Um, it's like Street to Rage Four. Um, none of it's reprised, but it all tries to take the flavor of Streets of Rage Two. Mm. I think and a lot of people really like it, but um, Kashiro did like one track, and then it's this other guy did them. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> it's not quite the same thing to me, but yeah. you know, it, some things you, I don't know if you can capture that moment in time. All right. Yeah. All right. So unless you guys have any questions that I missed that you'd like to hit on there, those were all the things that I had well, on. Pam my, had one somewhere, on didn't she? 
Oh, did I miss Pam's? Ah, of course. Tucked right in there. All right, so our good friend Pam, cannot be tamed on uh, YouTube, um, asked, is there a type of game where you prefer a licensed soundtrack to an OST or the other way around? So, I mean, I obviously do not prefer licensed music. Well, I don't know if it's obvious, but I don't prefer licensed music in anything that's supposed to be like in another world. You know, because it kind of breaks the the uh, the not the illusion, but it breaks the um, you know what I'm trying to say. It breaks the experience immersion. of the yeah, it breaks the immersion of like I'm supposed to be in that world. How can the Stone Temple Pilots exist in that world? <laughs> you know, I, so um, I totally agree with you. With Brutal Legend being my big glaring exception, because it is in a yeah. totally fantasy world, but right, it, yeah, the whole world was built around this music, so they they kind of yeah. made and it. And do they do they do they sell it as like an alternate reality? Like you've gone through like a portal, and like now you're like in this hellish dimension where you know pretty, Iron Maiden exists. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I could see them, you know, even if they like just minimal effort, like sell it as a thing, and that and that's kind of like not a parody, but it's kind it's got comedy elements and it's got that LucasArts Tim Schafer kind of a you know like like vibe to it. But yeah, I mean, I think anything where it's where it's not supposed to be of this world, so not necessarily sci-fi, but I mean, the reason why Mass Effect soundtrack works so well is because it doesn't really sound like it exists you know here it sounds like it exists like in the future i i kind of um, want to test this theory and have like a game like tony hawk or like like another sports game just be all orchestral or all like oh nothing license i want to see if that I works i forgot oh my gosh i forgot i did this so when the xbox came out one of the features that blinks the cat promised us was to be able to like load stuff on yeah. your hard drive and like play anything like you want from it. And I'm like, yeah, we'll see if that happens. So I think it was Tony Hawk four. And around the time Tony Hawk four came out, it was, you know, this, this feature was out and I was big into Lord of the Rings because I'm a complete nerd. And, um, I really, really love movie soundtracks and I really, really love the soundtrack for fellowship of the ring. So I took some Fellowship of the Ring. I had like the official CD. It wasn't like ripped or anything. I had the official CD and I threw it in the Xbox and I ripped it to the hard drive. And I like went to like play a track and it played fine. So I went into Tony Hawk 4. I'm pretty sure it was 3 or 4. And I was like, okay, like if for soundtrack, I went as okay, instead of built-in soundtrack, I said do like my soundtrack. So instead of hearing like uh, you know, like Offspring or whatever, when Tony would like drop in like to do like a thing on a half pipe or something, it was like da 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 And I'm telling you, it was so like and that what would happen is I figured, okay, like I'll get to cycle through like all other songs, right? But what happened was because the the session was only like, you know, three or four minutes long or whatever, so we get to a part in the song and it was like beep, 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 okay, done. And then, okay, you would go to another level, go to another thing. So you'd drop in da, 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 <laughs> the same song. So I listened to like the Shire theme from Lord of the Rings while I was playing uh, Tony Hawk. And it wasn't like better. It was just kind of like funny. <laughs> but it was too funny that I it was, I couldn't change it back to license after that. But it's that's too funny that that's it's a game that you would expect just to have licensed music in. And uh yeah, I got the uh, the Lord of the Rings working on that. I should give that another try. But yeah, that's that would be a fun experiment, Krabs, if you want to give that a go. I, I want more like somebody 
to develop music for that game what they think it should be like not <laughs> not what you're talking about <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like like make music that would exist in that like if like in cyberpunk and they would like make music with bands that are from 2077 sure yeah that works yeah i, yeah, I like it what would metal in 2077 sound like bad it's just getting worse every year so <laughs> it's yeah. gonna, gonna be terrible by then I'll just be totally synthwave by 2077. Yeah, PC Master Wave synthwave. I, you know, the only genre I think of with this stuff is racing games. If you don't have a Mm. great licensed soundtrack for your racing game, Mm. you've done something completely wrong. And when you, if there's a racing game that doesn't have a good soundtrack, I'm like, this sucks. Why would I want it? That's I'm driving a car. <laughs> this is yeah. what I should be doing. Yeah. Is listening to good music. I remember I remember I think it was like the test drive demo for PlayStation One. And I don't think it had a soundtrack. It was just engine noises. It was like a Gran Turismo um, game. Uh, I I could be totally wrong, but like check me on that. If someone has a copy of Test Drive for PS One, I don't <laughs> think it had music. So I remember playing it, it was just like That's terrible. My mom was like, Why does it sound like that? Um but yeah, Test Drive might have done that. And I did turn off the music one time in Gran Turismo because I had one of those Intenser chairs. Remember this thing? <laughs> it was like, had like a subwoofer in like the butt and the back and like little so tweeters you're the like over your shoulders. Yeah, <laughs> I had one. And uh, I, I forget, it was probably one of those like, you know, on clearance at KB, KB Toys for like $8. Yeah. So, um, and because c- it didn't have any special plug in, it just took the audio, yeah. right? It was just like left and right. So if you had music on, it was just constantly going. So you had to turn the music off so you would only feel like, you know, the actual, like, like the bumps or whatever. So I turned the music completely off and I played Gran Turismo sitting in it. And I just went really, really fast. And then I hit a wall just to hit like the bump, bump, yeah. bump, bump. And I was like, I probably did it like twice. And I was like, okay, back in the box. <laughs> I don't need you ever again. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, yeah. You got to have great soundtracks with the driving game. Yeah, and she says, or other way around, do you prefer, so licensed to an OST, or OST, do you prefer OST to licensed? I mean, OST, to me, is almost always preferable, but then there are some instances where you can have some really cool licensed stuff pop up in a game. Like I mentioned before, um, the game I have not played, Death Stranding, that has two separate albums, like your 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 OST score that has won awards, and you know, people clamoring for like, oh, I really hope they put like the songs from Death Stranding on an album. Uh, and the uh, recently uh, up for pre-order on Laced Records, uh, Control, uh, great soundtrack and a couple of, um, I think a couple of licensed and one even like original. Um, it, what are the the Old Gods of Asgard? Um, that song from um, uh, late in the game when you're kind of going through like the cigarette maze as uh, a licensed song. And um, the, the janitor, Ati, they wrote this like tango for him to sing and he actually like performs it in the game and they put that in the soundtrack. So yeah, I, I could see mixes being effective as well in the right, under the right circumstances. But for me, if it's, unless it's like we said before, like a racing, you know, sports, you know, something that you kind of expect to hear some licensed stuff in the menus or something, I'm usually leaning towards orchestral. I wish more puzzle games would do licensed soundtracks because most puzzle games really? have just like this blah, 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 you know kind of droney stuff that's in the background or whatnot or this little yeah. peppy beep, 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 pit cross beep, comes you know? to mind and i was like ah oh, come yeah. on man you know so this is when you need a good licensed soundtrack because right 
you know, I, I'm, I'm taking the time to think. It's not usually too yeah. like twitchy or fast paced. It's where you can kind of enjoy yeah. some of that stuff. Yeah. You know, you know what puzzle game soundtrack I absolutely love is uh, Tetris Attack. Okay. And I know they have different songs based on different areas. Uh, I think, and there's like one that's like kind of like my favorite. Um, and it always like upset me when you would get to the point where you're almost dead and they would like speed the music up. I'm like, no, I was really enjoying that song. Like, I, I don't, I don't want you to speed it up, but yeah. It's, be it's, better than don't be almost dead. That's, yeah, it's kind of like, it a... was a different song though. It wasn't the same song sped up. It switched. It was like, da, 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 da. <laughs> like a Tetrisphere. It wasn't licensed, but I really like the soundtrack on Tetrisphere or, mm. um, you know, the Tempest 2000 kind of thing. I mean, it's not really exactly a puzzle game, but on, Jaguar. Have you you played Tetris Effect yet? No. That soundtrack is unbelievable. There you go. Because it all you're making the sound effects and like affecting the music as you play. So when you're clearing a line, that's that's part of the song. When you're moving your block, that's part of the song. Mm. When you're rotating, that's part of the song. And it gets more intense as you go and adds more instruments and stuff. And every uh, levels have different themes to them. And some of them just start out as like weird, like sound effects they're not actually song and then all of a sudden like you didn't even notice when it happened like three minutes into the game you're like oh it's actually a song now this is really interesting well, that's why I, I thought mizaguchi did that right so rez yeah. child of Eden. yeah it's which, it's really cool yeah which makes me wonder how the vinyl release is going to work yeah because there's no like canon song you listen to every time you play it. it's always slightly different um right so i know that's why they didn't release the album for a long time but they they figured it mm-hmm. out i guess and, and they yeah so i don't know if it's like you know they had someone guest come in there and like mix you know something or but they got I'm sure something mizaguchi had like an original idea that probably got broke down so that's probably what they yep. put together yep. yeah very cool all right so i think that unless i'm missing something i think that just about wraps us up so we got through our questions. We had a very long talk about all of the soundtracks that are the best. We did a why whole we love them music and... episode, and I didn't say Mega Man once. You proud of me? Yeah. Ex- all you did was sit in front of an enormous <laughs> Mega Man background. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's funny because yeah, we you put the background on, and I said, "Is this a precursor to all the Mega Man music you're going to talk about?" And he's like, "No, I don't think I'm going to mention it." Yeah, for those that are listening to the audio version, yeah, we have some nice backgrounds that clue you in Super on our thoughts. Really yeah. Bad, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty much all from Destiny 2. <laughs> Can I just add one little fun story before we wrap up? Yeah, sure. So a couple of years ago when I was building my game room, I wanted to get some really nice speakers. So I went to local uh, music store and was looking at speakers and the guy came up and he's like do you want to hear some of these like we've got them all hooked up through this amp i can switch uh, which speakers we're going through and so we're, we're trying a bunch and he's got the like the sweet spot where the customer stands and, and you're like in the middle of all these speakers and he he's letting me pick the music um and i'm picking like some game stuff and he says okay let's try these ones i really want to show you the bass on these so what's the like bassiest song you can think of and being a metal guy, like that's not a huge part of metal. So I'm, I'm like really racking my brain. I'm like, what? I'm sure, this too. And I said, do you got YouTube on your phone? Because he's playing most of them off his phone. He's like, yeah, that's fine. So I said, see if they've got New Junk City from Earthworm Jim, <laughs> from the Sega Genesis version. And so he put that on in this music store. There's like people walking around and like just looking at us. So <laughs> like as loud as he can. Uh, and it sounded amazing. So I ended up having the speakers. Were they Klipsch? 
Uh, yeah, they were. Yeah. yeah, that's what I've got. Klipsch makes great speakers. Yeah, that's what I had, and then I didn't use them for several years, and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be cranking speakers for many years, so I sold them. Yeah, but that's sad a good, day, but good bass testing song. I'll tell you, New Genesis. Yeah. yeah, all that. That's that's a good one. All right. Well, on that note, I want to thank everyone for uh, for hanging in there with us. If you're watching the uh, video version, uh, let us know how this is going. I know we're we're trying some new stuff. I'm trying to get the uh, the audio and video synced on my 1984 uh, camera. So uh, we'll keep working on that. We're going to do a little bit of uh, tweaks to the layout. Um, and yeah, thanks again, uh, Disposed Hero, Stephen Davis. Um, I have some uh, some contact info for Stephen if you would also like an amazing uh, yeah, uh theme if, song if you for you him on twitter he does uh he posts when he does covers of uh yeah. songs and he does original work sometimes too and yeah yep so he is at the disposed hero uh which i hope is a metallica reference um his uh youtube is disposed hero vgm um and again we just want to thank him uh, very much uh the song is fantastic and uh, uh we're going to throw it here right at the end of the uh, show as well oh, yeah. so you can enjoy it a second time all right, and thank you both for uh, sticking it out with me as well. So uh, another episode uh, down. Sure. Sure. <laughs> you play and let everybody know where to where to find us. No, no. I mean they're here. <laughs> if they if they made it this far, they know how they got I here. I don't know. I hope you could be, if somebody's buddy is in a car. They're playing our thing. Where do I find oh, this? Oh, Jerry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, Jerry is in the car. So, Jerry, <laughs> the way that you find this show and put it on your own phone, you go to rfgeneration.com. You can find us there, the Collector Cast. You can also find us on YouTube, uh, Collector Cast. Uh, you want to find us on Twitter? Uh, I am Bill McGee. Uh, Kelsey is at Kelsey Polnick. And then, Chris, you just pretty much uh, go off the Collector Cast account, mm-hmm. right? So, at Collector Cast there. Um, any other place uh, besides uh, Spotify, which is where I get my personal podcasts? Yeah, we're on all the major platforms. You can definitely find us there. And then, uh, you know, maybe we'll be doing some Twitch. Ooh, we're yeah, foreshadowing. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot for everyone, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun.